This is the Matt Townsend Show. Your guide on the side. Follow Dr. Matt on Twitter at Dr. Matt Show. Call the show at 1-855-CHAT-BYU. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt Townsend. Now on BYU Radio. BYU Radio. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt here, your coach, your guide on the side. Welcome to the program. This is the show where we try to give you the tools, the information, the insight, the research, the latest, you know, to help you grow healthier, happier lives. Live longer, love stronger, lead better, healthier lives. We're just going to tell you what the professionals are saying, and then you get to go decide how you're going to make it happen. Welcome to the show. Man, what a great day today, Thursday. You know, there's something about Thursday, it just... It seems like all of my lack of sleep hits on Thursday. Friday, I can make it because there's a weekend. But Thursday, holy Hannah, I think I'm about to die. <laughs> did you notice the freeways uh, straightening out a bit? I did. There weren't as many yeah, across. Not as know. many. But I was. I'm pretty sure today I drove under the trailer of a semi-truck. And you didn't even know it. Mm-mm. You came unscathed? It was weird. I felt like a bond, like a Bond movie. <laughs> it was very dusty where I was coming was through. Yes, and I, I could hear the little rocks hitting my car. That drives me crazy. I know, especially oh, a new it makes car. Me so mad. Yes. Yes. It makes me mad. That's why I, I wonder if I should buy a new car. Yeah, just keep your old one. And then I, I asked. And don't worry about it. I was looking at a car and I'm, I asked, "What should I? I really want to put one of those clear coat things mm-hmm. on the front of it." Uh-huh. And, and the guy's like, "I wouldn't do that." No, that's a that is. Is that good advice? That is very, no, there. no, no, no. It's good to put it on. I know, but this guy's like, then you try to take it off. They fade. No. It ruined your car. No. See, who not do you this, trust not anymore? Not this brand. I, I'll tell you the brand okay, when yeah. we're done. We'll talk the after. Yeah. My, that is good. It's very good. I mean, remember those leather ones? Oh, yeah. My Volkswagen Bug used yeah. to have a leather brassiere. Yeah, no, that's not good. Those were the great days. Yeah. Maybe I just ought to go buy an old Volkswagen Bug. There you go. There's not a I better... I think they could get, get good gas mileage. Do they? I think so. The older ones. They, they the also... There's not a better heater in the world than a Volkswagen Bug. Really? Well, yeah, because the heat comes actually literally out of the engine block. <laughs> it's about a 1,000 degrees, <laughs> but on a cold day, oh, it's perfect. I remember growing up, we had a green bug, and all four of us could fit in the back seat. I don't know how we did that when you look how small they were. Yeah. But that yeah. was a fun No, part. do you remember that? Oh, they're the best And it had, a little, it had a little foot uh, uh, lever down on the left side mm-hmm. where if you ran out of gas, there was like an extra gallon. Yeah. Or so, remember yeah, that? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that was Like that the little hope tank. Yeah, <laughs> please. Just to give home. you some hope. Yeah. The problem is, you have to remember to fill that little tank. Yeah, or right? you're in trouble. Or you're in for trouble. Sure, yeah. Hey, you know what? I can tell you that right now, school's back in. Mm-hmm. Have you? Did you notice? And I, I don't know if it's just unique to BYU, but there are now herds. They're probably like <laughs> groups of apartments where girls live together, and they now go running every morning. Yes, together. I've noticed that. You have to be careful. It's a trap. <laughs> it's a trap. <laughs> So it's like gazelles. It's like herds of gazelles <laughs> running all over this uh, campus. And then there's the jogging date. There are people, you know they're on a date. Hey, do you want to go do you want to go running? I love to run. I love she's never run a day in her life. Let's, I love running. If she's running in her high heels, you know she's yeah. never run before. You can tell because she looks great. She's got her hair curled. She's uh-huh. already it's got like six on. in the morning. Uh-huh. And she's hyperventilating on the corner. Uh, I mean, and they're you can tell they're dating. Because he's listening to her. 
Well, it's kind of like January. They're just starting out to uh-huh. get it, and then it fades. You know, yeah. it's like yeah. yeah, it's like when you start give them a couple school. Weeks, you won't see them anymore. <laughs> that's, right. that's so true. It's pathetic. Anyway, that's pretty cool. So that made me decide I'm going to get in better shape. And then when I brought my lunch in today, my son makes my lunch. Does he really? Yeah, what a stud! For sure, my high school son. Wow. By the way, best lunches ever. What does he make you? Well, the dude eats like a pig, so he just <laughs> so keeps. That's why he just, so good. He adds everything to the lunch. But when I put my lunch in the fridge here today, uh-huh. I realized that yesterday I didn't even eat my lunch. It was still in there? Uh-huh, the whole thing. Like I forgot about it. Oh. I didn't eat yesterday. Yeah, that's kind of important to Is that eat. a bad sign? That's a bad sign. You're so busy you forgot to eat. That's not I a good guess. sign. I yeah. guess. Or I just took such a big nap. You slept right through. I slept right through lunch. <laughs> no, that's pathetic. But uh, So I, I'm committed, just like the freshman here at BYU. I'm committed to get in shape for next month. Uh, let's go to the headlines with Kathy Aiken. Find out what's going on. Well, good morning, everyone. The manhunt has intensified for the cop killers in Illinois. Authorities have broadened their search for two white men and one black man, but admit they have no idea whether or not the men are still in the area. Man- Mel Glenowitz, the widow of the slain officer, spoke at a vigil last night. Joe was my best friend in my world, my hero, the love of my life for the last 26 and a half years. Over 100 officers will continue chasing tips, interviewing residents, and reviewing surveillance video. 30-year veteran Officer Joe Glenowitz was shot and killed Tuesday morning while chasing the man on foot. President Obama secured the Iran nuclear agreement yesterday when retiring Democratic Senator Barbara Mikulski of Maryland said she'd vote for the accord. She became the crucial 34th vote in favor of the deal. This coming after fierce opposition from Republicans as well as from the nation of Israel. Here's Secretary of State John Kerry. We started being bombarded by myths about what the agreement will and won't do. Judge for yourself the difference between where we were two years ago and where we are now and where we can be in the future. If the votes hold, it would be enough to uphold an Obama veto. The photo of a three-year-old boy's body that washed up on a Turkish beach yesterday has gone viral. The boy from Syria was found dead Wednesday. The image shows the desperate plight of migrants trying to flee Africa and the Middle East in search of a better life in Europe. At least 12 migrants, including the boy and his five-year-old brother, drowned off the Turkish coast when their boat capsized. The boy's family had applied for refugee status in Canada, but were reportedly denied. The UN Human Refugee Agency says more than 2,500 people have died this year trying to cross the Mediterranean Sea. One Marine was killed and nine others injured last night when their helicopter made a hard landing at Camp Lejeune in North Carolina. The name of the Marine that died has not yet been released. For the second straight day, Kentucky County Clerk Kim Davis defied a Supreme Court order to issue a same-sex marriage license. Your interpretation of the Bible does not trump the Constitution. Davis is scheduled to be in federal court today on possible contempt charges. A Baltimore judge yesterday refused to dismiss charges against six police officers who were accused in the death of Freddie Gray in April. During the pretrial hearing, Circuit Court Judge Barry Williams denied a defense motion for the charges to be dropped. A former staffer of Hillary Clinton who helped set up the private email server she used while Secretary of State has been called to testify before a congressional committee on the Benghazi investigation. Brian Pagliano has said he'll invoke his Fifth Amendment 
right to refuse to answer any questions. Pagliano set up the server back in 2009. Meanwhile, the State Department is set to release more of Clinton's emails. They reportedly include 57 threads that contain foreign government information, making it automatically classified at the time it was sent. Clinton has said she never sent any emails that were classified at the time they were delivered. And Matt, we talked last week about the parrot that was in custody for yeah. cursing in India. <laughs> well, now in Mumbai, a goat was reportedly locked up after its owner filed a complaint that it was stolen. <laughs> the goat was allegedly nabbed over the weekend by three people, one of whom was picked up by police and locked up. But the police, for some reason, also locked up the goat as well. <laughs> and only after the photo of the jailed goat was released on social media... Was it let loose? But it's still under police watch and won't yeah. be handed back to the owner until the court's verdict. No, I'd keep your eye on that goat. <laughs> what is you the know, they, deal? They, their goats are very – and many of their animals are, are like sacred. In, oh, yeah. You know, they kind of roam, I think, all yeah. over the place. The so. sacred goat. Yeah, the sacred goat. So this goat, <laughs> though, was was jailed and uh, the picture, I guess, went viral of it behind bars. Oh, really? And, yeah, but now it's, it's, it's let loose. But the owner, they have to wait to see to make sure it actually was <laughs> stolen before they'll give it back to the Can't owner. Can't you just see it in the back seat of a police car? with this like ugly goat face like ticked off <laughs> what am i doing in here it's got little goat oh, cuffs man. on <laughs> how do you cuff a goat don't you don't want to know you don't want to know i've milked oh. a goat have you milked a goat never, never they're way hard either. they're hard to go they're hard to, to go they're hard to go they're, they're hard to milk and they're hard to cuff <laughs> have you milked a cow i've milked a cow have you really but never i'd rather it. milk a goat because i they're manageable a cow, yeah. cows are easier. I think. Really, I would think the goat would want to oh. try to get away with. Yeah, the cow but really they're smaller, and so once you kind of get their head locked in the in the goat, <laughs> that's the trap. key. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I Put got it in so the lock. Put played. It in the arm lock, right? Totally. Yeah. yeah, you just twist their goat leg behind their back. <laughs> it is the weirdest oh, thing. Boo. Have you ever seen that Far Side cartoon? It's my favorite Far Side cartoon about a about a cow uh-uh. and a farmer. I may have. And he's milking, he's milking the cow, but the cow's standing on its hind legs. It's standing up with its, its, its front legs folded on its, like, on its hips. Uh-huh. So it's just standing there being milked. And the, cow, the, the farmer's like, I hate it when they do that. <laughs> <laughs> Can't you just stand like a normal cow? My favorite far side is a, is a deer that's standing and, you, and it's got this target on its front, on its chest, and it says, Bummer of the Birthmark, Hal. It is hilarious. I <laughs> that love is those. The Do worst. they still make those? I don't know. I haven't seen those for a while. No, I used to. Yeah, I grew those up on great. those. That was awesome. Yeah. And that was just an easy way to make fun of life. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I tell you, with everything going on in the news, we need something don't to Don't you think? About. I mean, that's oh, a lot of heavy day. news. Heavy news. By the way, Hillary Clinton's, I mean, the minute you start pleading the fifth, you're. Yeah, you know something's up. And even, and even if it's not, it just looks so bad. It looks so bad. Oh, my yeah, I'm not going to talk about that server. Why not? Well, I don't want to go there. Yeah, I don't want to go there. It's going to incriminate me. Hey, great stuff. Uh, tough news, but, um, you know, headlines, that's just what you go through. Today on the show, um, we decided we were going to do something different because we, there's so many studies out there, researchers, sociologists, uh, just interesting topics that we wanted to go through. So today we're going to just do so I, a, a simple segment called, So I Found This in the Study, And um, you know what? We're going to go through about three or four studies, talk to you about should you just, you know, push your feelings down? You always hear people say, no, you you can't just suppress your feelings. You got to get your feelings out because if you don't, they're going to come out in uglier ways. We're going to be talking about we're going to be talking about that. We're going to also get into the fact that should your kids just learn to follow the pack? 
Is there any benefit to just following the... Well, no, you're going to let your kids walk right off a cliff? Great wisdom, but uh, you know what? There's some interesting research about uh, kids following the pack and how it actually might help, in many ways, uh, their sense of stress. Stick with us. Plus, if we have time, we're going to get to uh, the fact that American kids, well, let's say kids in the United States of America, they're gaining more weight than Canadian kids. There's something about the North. They must not be eating like we are. We'll find out. Uh, We'll be talking about studies, all the latest research. Stick with us, folks. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, today uh, we're going to be talking about just some of the latest and greatest research. Joining me is uh, the great producer, Terry South. Can I get a business card with that? Yeah, we'll call it the great producer, Terry South. Nice. Which I find, um, it's interesting, Terry, because you go through studies all day long. I do. It is a job description. Look, a study. Look, another study, another study. So we thought it'd be fun if we just kind of rifled out a bunch of different, um, maybe shotgunned out's a better word, um, a bunch of different studies, give you some of the latest and greatest research, and see if it doesn't help you and your kids. Because, you know, in fact, let's... Oh, I was just going to change the order, Terry. No, but I'm not. Because Ben just played a really funny clip. We'll do that at the very end. (laughs) Uh, Here's what the latest and greatest research shows us. And, And you tell me, because Terry and I have this discussion all the time about kind of being an introvert versus an extrovert. Yes. Because we're both sort of... We're kind of introverted. Introvert and an extrovert sort of job. Yeah. Which is weird. It's totally weird. It's kind of like being a non-dancer, but, you know, being in the dance core. Like Ben. Okay. He's really not a dancer, but he can shake it with the best of them. Hey, I try. Well, you pretend. But um, here's here's one of the latest and greatest uh, research. Shows that teens who strive to fit in with their peers have quality relationships and have quality relationships, end up having a better health in adulthood. So teens that try – now, because see, I as a teen didn't try very hard to socialize. As I – the same. I did not either. And yet – I wasn't really big on the social side of things. But those – so but the, the research is showing that kids who, or teens who strive to fit in with their peers and they're able to have quality relationships, you're going to have better health in adulthood. So that wasn't us. No. But interestingly, that I had a, I I had a girlfriend who I've now married, but she kept me socially striving. Oh, okay. So, so you, she you, did it for you, me. You tagged along, is what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. She drove basically. She had a car. Wow. And she drove. But so, do you buy that? Just just before we get into the research, do you believe that's true? Mm. On the surface, I don't know because looking at. Me, I'm healthy. Mm. And I didn't have mm. – I've missed – in 10 years, I've missed two days of work for being sick. Oh, no. I'm not talking And one of that was health. like something mm. I did to myself when I drank like three gallons of water and went oh, to bed. when you drown yourself. And I had basically water poisoning the <laughs> next day. That was my fault. But you, so, you're, you're, so I'm healthy. But you, you must – so you have other – you don't have any stress-related health problems. No. Well, what about that tick that you do? That's not really a tech. Okay. It's just sort of a thing. But I didn't have this robust 
friendships and like I was talking we were talking before the show you have these friendships in certain situations you mm-hmm. step out of that situation they go away you know it's not like they're long lifelong friendships that continue no I had friends in in junior high high school college even do you still have once, no because I stepped out of that situation they're gone wow that's kind of cold yeah and so I should be according to this I should have bad health well, and I shouldn't be in a any sort of a, like a positive situation in my life right now. So think of this. So research the research base is based on Dr. Joseph P. Allen, Dr. Christopher Hafen, Dr. Bert Uccino, and they found that your physical health as an adult is greatly influenced by your quality of friendship in adolescence. They say placing the desires of one's peers ahead of one's own goals, much as adolescents do when they conform to peer norms, is linked to the reduced stress. Huh. So it's. It's your as a child, as a teenager, trying to fit in with the group, you have to kind of become selfless and just kind of go do what the prima donna wants you to do. Right. Like in the gang of bad girls. Yes. And when you learn to do that, you learn to put other people's needs ahead of yourself. So it's so more maybe of, that's what you've learned. More of the skills you develop rather than the relationships themselves. Yeah. Okay. It's probably the process. Because yeah. later in life you're gonna develop different relationships, have you know, yeah. That's okay. why you're. St- that's why you're healthy. All right. Because you've you have a well, child. You have a beautiful, wonderful it's, it's wife. Probably my wife. The reason why I'm healthy. But. Well, the, totally. <laughs> We're going to be honest. Your, yours drove yours around. Mine cooks for me. So. See, she she helps you lose weight. And she I t- would eat Doritos every day if oh, that was my. Who wouldn't? I mean, come on. Manna from heaven. I'm pretty sure if you check the Bible, manna from heaven were Dorito bags. You, brought by you, birds. You can make that. Dorito you can see that. You can see that. Because Just the it, bags, or no, the bags full of Doritos. Oh, okay. Oh. It doesn't really describe what they were. Well, it says manna. Yeah, but that's from it. heaven. Yeah. And if you put those two words together now, tell me, and tell I, me the I've word ha- Dorito. Doesn't. I've had people explain kind of like a tortilla. I'm like, where'd you get that? Yeah. Why not a Dorito? A fried tortilla, right? With ranch, ranch, cool ranch, or mm. some some spicy nacho. <laughs> So sad, but so true. Uh, the uh, What they did is they studied 121 kids, 7th and 8th graders, and then they followed them from ages 13 to 27. And they found that the kids that, um, that you know, worked well, did what they could to socially adapt and get into these groups and stay into these groups, they ended up finding out that they were stronger. They had better trust, you know, communication. They knew how to fit in. It saved lives. If that's the case, then my trivial relationships in junior high and high school prepared me well. Yeah. But see, that's interesting because parents <laughs> sit there and say, don't, you don't just try to fit in. Oh, yeah. Don't, but, don't just follow the crowd. But remember, developmentally, we've got to try to fit in because we're social animals. And if we don't fit in, we're dead. We're roadkill. Is this part of uh, just societal stress that you feel if you're not part of the group? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, but so think about that. If you are, if you're unwilling, like if you, and we're kind of, ex, we're introverted, but we're probably ambiverts. Yeah. We can do both. I've been trying to get a guy on the show about ambiverts, but he hasn't been uh, very extrovert about his emails. So what go a ahead. jerk. And um, <laughs> so, but we can probably do both. But imagine that you really just never wanted to play the game as a teen or a teenager, or a, a eighth grader, eight year old, oh, what is it, eighth grader, seventh yeah. grader. And if you never learn those skills, then you may not play the game as an adult, which is super stressful. Mm-hmm. So now you don't fit in at work. You don't ensure your job by simply knowing how to buddy up to the boss. You do not know how to suck up. 
I think my problem is I don't want to. Yeah. Because it's a hassle. Why can't I just do my work, mm-hmm. let let the work stand for itself? Yeah. No. See, without that's... the extra social stuff. Well, because that's not how this works. I know, but I wish it could. Let me just tell you, as a guy that sucks up to Don constantly. Yes. You've got to try it. He he always pays you back. Does it reap benefits for oh, you? A. I mean, he brought us cookies the other day. I know, that's I what he'll that. do. He'll always bring you stuff like that. B, he also has a little bowl full of candy and mints on yes. his table. So every time I go in to be nice, I'm really looking for a mint. <laughs> it's candy. But don't tell Don that because I don't want him mad at me. Um, but so parents out there, listen, because that your kid's trying to belong and and get in. It helps decrease stress long term. Now, but what about the kids that just can't do it? I'm not sure. What do you do for that child? So that that those, but those are kids we you ought would, to watch out for because they might suffer stress yeah. longer term. I could see the you see everyone else you know in groups, everyone else with friends, and you're. No friends. That's oh. very stressful. And that's stressful if you want well, friends. The part of that would be encouraging your kid if they do have friends to find that person and befriend them. Yeah. No, I like the, ooh, to that's help great, them out. That's too. Great advice. And especially, and think about that. If a bunch of, if a really great group of kids could befriend the one that's struggling to get in and let them in more, you could actually change their life long term, right? Right. By letting them become socialized. Also helping your kid who might be adjusted. Show empathy to somebody else That's and have, kind of build those skills too as they're young. That's great advice. See, you should have been a therapist. I'm a good parent. You know what's interesting is have you ever noticed that just with some of the students here that there's some that just don't talk to anybody. They just come in. Yeah. They sit in their desk and they just walk out and they don't talk to anybody. Have you ever noticed that? Ben? Yeah. Ben's kind of that way. There's and But there's a lot of the ladies like him. They do. And the minute he walks by, it's like this wake of, oh, there's Ben. But then he just sits down. And watches his cat videos. Immediately puts his headphones on. Yeah. I mean, he is editing a podcast, but still. Oh, is that what he's doing? Yeah. That's what he says he's doing. And he's watching the cat videos and- It's up in the corner. Uh Uh-huh. And buying, you know, engineering paraphernalia. And then he just leaves and all the girls are like, oh. Oh, there goes Ben. We didn't get a chance to talk to him because he was wearing his headphones. Anyway, Ben, you might want to just be more involved socially. (laughs) Oh, sorry. Could you turn your video off? Cat videos. Oh, sorry. Our little engineer. Uh, when we take a break, uh, actually, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going we're gonna to get into another topic. Another study we've been looking at talks about suppressing your emotions. And it actually, believe it or not, this, this is for you. This for is me. so for you, Terry. Okay. Suppressing your emotions might make you less likable. Oh, wow. See, I thought it was helping. Yeah, no. Okay. No, it's not. <laughs> well, we'll see what this is all about. We'll come up. back to that. Plus, we're also going to be talking about... Uh, the weight disparity between um, the kids from the United States, kids from Canada. The Canadians, leaner, meaner, fighting machines, folks. We'll take a break. Stick with us. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We're checking the research. We'll be right back. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today, producer Terry South and I are we are we are combing through the research. We we read so many different, you know, studies and just 
press releases about the latest and greatest research. We wanted to just hammer through a few of them and give you some of the latest and greatest. We, we just discussed the importance of following the pack, <laughs> which is the advice we never give our kids. Just go follow the pack. Yeah, it almost seems like, well, it's more of the bad kids. Yeah. Stay away from the bad kids. Yeah, don't follow the bad pack. But they're the ones that seem to be having fun. Yeah, one of the, one of the other um, one of the other interesting research uh, findings that came out from Allison Tackman and Sanjay Sirvastave, I guess. Nice try. Uh, whatever. Uh, I, I, I just pronounced an Indian name with a Spanish accent. Or it was Spanish good. It was pronunciation good. shows that more emotionally suppressive people tend to be less likable to their peers. So people that suppress emotion. Their peers tend to like them less, hmm. which is what I was saying about you, Terry. You need to let your emotions out. If I need to cry, just cry. Cry if you need to cry. If I need to Scream laugh, if laugh. You need to laugh. Let your emotions out. The research shows that faking your personality can lead to burnout and perhaps even physical health consequences. Are those two different things, though? Suppressing emotion and faking personality. Well, so it's interesting. But So if you let your emotion out then you wouldn't be faking not having emotion. So you have to fake having not having emotion even though you're having emotions. Hmm. <laughs> so you're raging inside, but you're just you know cool as a right? cucumber, no problem. Or you're scared inside and you act like you're not. I'm never scared. No. I'm talking about Ben. Yeah. Ben, ben trembles sometimes. It's kind of interesting. <laughs> I, think, I don't think that's fear. <laughs> I think he's just <laughs> undernourished. Um, Suppression can have negative effects on both ongoing relationships and first impressions. What do people actually think when they meet someone who is more emotionally closed versus those who are more open? We don't trust them. We don't like it. We sense something's going on underneath them. There are times where I can sense that the person you're talking to is not being genuine. Yes. And I see that, that all the time. That would work. be, I imagine, what they're talking about here, suppressing that emotion, and they're kind of hiding their personality, maybe dialing it back. But then again, what if your personality is very abrasive and over the top? Well, yeah, but see, then, you'll be li- then you won't be liked for your personality. That's a different study. That's different than not being liked because you're, something's weird. Because, you know, as they're talking about first impressions, sometimes people come in and they're just so in your oh, face, yeah. you're like, I don't like you. Mm-hmm. But then some people are so reserved, you're like, oh, you're going to be really tough to talk to. <laughs> it's, it's true. But so, so think about it. Just think about your friend group. Do you have a friend that just doesn't share what they're really going through? They don't share their feelings. They don't share. I don't know if any of my friends their share day. their feelings. Well, d- yeah. Or men. We just I'm, simply go, hey, how you doing? But the research shows that the, the people who do suppress their emotions more, they have less social support. So no one's there to support you. Because nobody knows to. Well, as you share your emotions, right? Doesn't that doesn't that build the relationship? Yeah. Because you've shared something personal, something yeah. close. You're vulnerable. They share back, uh-huh. and you have this bond, which would lead to you know, if you don't do that, that leads to your your weaker relationships there. Also, not sharing your emotions leads to less satisfying social lives, right? Because we're not like excited when we should be excited. We're not nervous when we should be. So, because a lot of our a lot of our bonding is around shared emotion. Right. Like when, when when we do a show that goes really well and you know how we just – the minute we go off the air, we're like, yay, and we scream and we hug, you know? Mm, no, I, I don't know this. Oh, is that just Ben and I? <laughs> yeah, there's a little – yeah. It, I mean, I, there's excitement when there's a good show. Yeah, but so like, – but, but more, when, more for me, like it's amazing that just happened. Like it's relief. But, mis- mystified that 
success yeah, I did followed notice. what I did. But. but I noticed that you never like clap your hands no. and jump. Like Ben just jumps. I usually go, huh, we got to yeah. do a show tomorrow. Moving on. Yeah. And then he hits the music and we dance. And you don't do any of that. So no. it's almost so it's like you're not part of that moment. It's hard for us to trust you, Terry. Yeah. I had people call me uh, the Terminator. Yeah. No, that's yeah. that's it. There's also a character on the X-Files. Really? He was an alien assassin. He, no emotion. Cold. A he cold, was cold alien assassin. He had really, really harsh angles on his face, no emotion, and somebody said, that's you. That's And I totally looked at it, you. and at the time with my haircut, I looked exactly like that guy. Well, what was his name? I forget his name. Well, it didn't matter. He was an alien. An alien assassin. Well, alien-human hybrid. You'd have to watch the show. It's different. Nah, I'm okay. But this is interesting in the idea that you're you're trying to give of yourself to get a stronger relationship with somebody right. else. And that's where I fall short. Yeah. Well, I don't I don't want to give. I'm saying, like, ah, well, there's, there's some effort involved. Oh, we're going to hold off on that. See, that but, so that's the point. Because then you're not real. No. Because then you're just always having to fake it and probably what this is saying is eventually that'll probably just kill you you'll just probably die but what if i'm okay with it well i know but is your wife okay with you dying well at she 50? she pulls me along because she wants to have couple friends yeah you know oh that's always fun yeah no isn't <laughs> it hard yeah like when your spouse loves the female and the you just don't jive with the male i don't know we hung out with a bunch of neighbors this weekend yeah went to dinner and Came back, played some ridiculous games. That oh, was fun. it was great. It was fun. Are you into games? No, but yeah. this game was was ridiculous. So yeah. it was it was fun. And all the people we know them. We've lived by them for years, and I get along with everybody. You know, it's it's great. It worked out fine. That group, it was fine. But there's other people. Yeah, my wife would like the would get <laughs> along with the wife, and I'd be like, oh, seriously, uh, that guy? You sure you don't want to go out with Chad again? <laughs> nah, I'm good. Hey, uh, Terry, I set up a play date for you and Chad. What? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. See, but that's a great example because there you'd actually vent your emotion versus saying, oh, great. See, with my wife, I, I I go nuts. You know, I'll sit there and like get all riled up about something in the news or something that happens and everybody else, I just try to stay calm and kind of in the middle and not showing a lot of emotion either way. Well, yeah. Don't get excited. Don't get depressed. Just sort of, Just like a cold alien assassin. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of people like, just be Christian. No, and you're like, no, just be a cold alien assassin. Cold alien assassin. (laughs) That's how it works. But one of the things that's weird about the the whole study is what if you truly are an introvert? So if you really just are an introvert and you don't necessarily want to be a part of the group, and you don't necessarily want to share your emotion. And society's saying, no, you've got to. You've got to. Yeah. So then it's forcing you you're, you're to stu- be something you're not. Yeah. And so you get that social stress of trying yeah. to step out of the shell that you probably really enjoy. Yeah. Because it makes you feel comfortable and safe. Yeah. And now you have to extend yourself, causing more stress. I, want, I wonder, that's because that's a problem. So it might be great that extroverts get the benefit of getting it out of them emotionally. And but the introvert is stressed because all of these extroverts are spewing their emotion everywhere, and then expecting me to do the same. Yeah, it's that expectation. Hate it. I think that's where where people run in when you when you expect other people to maybe match your level of excitement or your level of sharing. Yeah, and I mean I've had people share with me, and then you're like, oh, now I have to sit. Well, I was sad once, you know, and you're, yeah. it, it's totally fake because I'm not going to share something real. Right. And so that's where it kind of. Talk to me about your 
Um, one of the things that maybe that we ought to take away is if if you do have a child, for example, that does have issues and pain, and they just keep stuffing it, they need to you need to figure out a way to help them share it somehow. And you know, therapy might be one way. Yeah, get them to talk about it because if I mean, you people, can't keep it bottled up. Well, and I think if you could get them, you know, getting a good relationship with a therapist or a so, or a social worker, or whatever, and get get it out, maybe we could get other skills or, or a friend that they could eventually share it with too. I mean, that's the reality is everybody needs one person that just gets them, and really that should be a husband, a wife, eventually. But if not, it could be a friend, a buddy, whatever. Um, anyway, great, uh, uh, great research there. There's one more study I wanted to talk about. Which was um, – it's – again, I think it's giving – I don't know if it's, it's giving Americans a black eye or – I can't say Americans because Canadians are North Americans. I know. Yeah, it's, it's kind of – Barely. Yeah. <laughs> it's technical. But so we're going to just say, you know – But no one says Americans and thinks Canada. I know. But I think if you went to Canada, they'd say, well, we're North Americans. Okay. They're, they're Americans. They're just not of the United States brand. But this is the problem. There's a weird divide now. And, you know, we've always – there's maybe been a little, you know, competition between the two, kind of. Big brother, little brother, well, whatever. one thing, they're very provocative in the way they've distributed their population. What do you mean? The mass of their population is right on the border. Right. What's the problem with that? That's a little provocative. It's like they're, they're, they're making sort of like a threatening sort of motion towards the border. I realize half you, their country's frozen. You sound like Donald Trump. I just <laughs> Of the North. <laughs> it's more Scott Walker. We need that Northern okay. Wall. Scott Walker. The Northern, Northern wall. wall is an important yeah, thing. Yeah, we need a Northern Wall. <laughs> That's nuts. Um, but there's, there's this tension. And now the tension's going to get even worse because now apparently U.S. kids outweigh Canadian kids. Huh. Which so, but which isn't bad if you're like playing little league so football. We the, have a lot of X Men down here. We have the line. We have a lot of big guys. They have a lot of, I guess, maybe the backs. Right. They're more speed. They're more, more, more girth. Yeah. But this this debate, not about weight, but just the tension between Canada and um, and the and the United States of America, it goes all the way to the great episode of Thirty Rock. Of sounding incredibly rude, I would beg your pardon and ask you, in your opinion, what's the bad about being Canadian? Your milk comes in bags. Bags. Your pavilion at Epcot doesn't have a ride. And if Canada is so nice and friendly, why does most of our meth come from your Asian drug gangs? <gasps> Are we not even making our own meth? What is happening to American <laughs> manufacturing? It's a great point. What is happening? Most of our meth comes from Canada. We don't even make our own meth. <laughs> oh, that's just funny. Hey, um, here's the study. This is what we found. Is, uh, th- is moose just less calories? Is that what it comes down to? Moose? Yeah. Yeah. yeah moose meat. Moose, meat's moose a meat lot, in Canada. It's a lot leaner meat. <laughs> <laughs> moose meat. Sorry, a lot of stereotypes. Yeah. Here. Uh, here we go. Check this out. The rates of obesity among children and, you, and teenagers in the U.S. have increased substantially, by the way, more than in Canada. It's been going on since the 1970s. This is crazy. Listen to this. The report found that whereas the obesity rate among children between ages 3 to 19 was about 5% in both U.S. and Canada in the late 70s. It rose now to 17.5%, up 12.5% in the U.S. by 2012, and only 13% in Canada. So in the U.S., our obesity rate is up to 17.5%. In Canada, it's only 13%. It's sad. Hmm. Ten years. The rates have now leveled off in the last 10 years, by the way. So we're no longer 
we're no longer gaining incredible weight. We've leveled off. But 17.5% of our children are obese in the U.S., 13% in Canada. In recent years, the difference was most stark between girls ages 7 to 12, of whom 19% were obese in the U.S., compared to 9% in Canada. Canadian girls ages 7 to 12 were 10% less obese. No, is that right? 10% fewer uh, children... We're obese. <laughs> Studies. Studies. So 19% of American kids, girls, ages 7 to 12, uh, are obese. Hmm. Only 9% in Canada. There did not seem, by the way, to be a difference among children ages 3 to 6 or teenagers 13 to 19. So 13 to 19, they didn't see much. We're normal. We're the same. Huh. Teen, uh, children ages three to six were the same. There's something about the nine or the seven to twelve year old age group. Candy. Two things they found: soda, okay, sugary soda. According to uh, Barry Popkin, who's a distinguished professor of nutrition at the University of North Carolina, children in the United States started to drink a lot of sugary sodas in the 70s. That's when we started marketing soda and pudding pops. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, although they have been cutting back in the last decade, they still uh, down Americans down twice as many sodas a day as Canadian children. Oof. Well, we saw that story. It was from, I think, England. Yeah. But the woman was drinking four liters, four liters a day, and she was able or to go, four liters. She was a able to lose one hundred and twelve pounds. Yeah, one hundred twelve yeah, pounds. Just by stop the stopping stop. the soda, but she's over yeah. indulging well, like crazy. Hardly. I mean, hardly four liters. Four. Liters of soda. She could have been drinking eight. I guess. (laughs) Second factor that they found is that as the United States, we are a snacking nation. A snacking, one snacking nation under God. Indivisible. Invisible. 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 Um, One study found that young people in the U.S. ages 2 to 18 went from having a little more than one snack a day in 1977 to three snacks a day in 2006. Well, they're good snacks. We're getting that's you know what we are on the cutting edge of snacks. I wonder what that research is in comparison to the diversification of the Doritos line of chips. Oh, there's a direct correlation. Because there's like 50 flavors. I know, but there's only three that are worth anything. Well, right there, and and uh, most of them are just sort of like a nacho cheese with a you know garlic or something. It's all the same. My wife says they all taste the same. Mm. Oh yeah, that's what's basically Your awesome. Wife's obviously, not a connoisseur, <laughs> but I, you can you can see that. I mean, there's snacks everywhere. So snacks right? and beverages. You walk into your local grocery store, and the place where they kind of funnel you is through the snacks and soda and all In those fact, side of our. Listen to this, folks. A big reason that the U.S. children overtake their Canadian counterparts in soda consumption and snacking is marketing. Popkin said that Coke and Pepsi pushed is pushed a lot harder here in the United States, and there are also areas in Canada where companies cannot market at all. Oh, wow. Quebec province passed a law in 1980 banning marketing of fast food and beverages to children under the age of 13. If they don't know about it, they're not going to eat it. So it's it's interesting. It's, an, it's exactly right. Now, but the parents got to quit buying it. Well, there's that. By the there, way, minorities, here. minority populations are also hit harder than in, in almost every Canada, in almost every uh, uh, category, minorities are, are hitting, are hit harder by this, by the fast food and junk food world. 
Hmm. They're more likely to consume that. Probably, as we've talked about on the shows before, because that's a lot of times there's not a lot of great restaurants in inner cities. There's not a lot of healthy options in the in the cities where some minorities live. So the anyway. option, but also there's also what's inexpensive. Yeah, it's more expensive to like go buy kale chips. Yes. Ugh. And then just the waste of the bag when your kids are like, what the? We're not eating that. And so you, you, you go with what's easy. You go with what, what will instantly taste good. And junk food yeah. is inherently set up so that it'll, it'll hit those, those flavor sensors and everything. So It's sad. Yeah. But we're, you know, we're bigger. Oh, yeah. Not only do we buy Canadian um, uh, talent and sitcoms. Aren't most like comedic actors? Aren't a ton of them from Canada? I believe so. Like they export incredible. And, Sino, and most of like your B-list TV shows yeah. are actually filmed in Canada. It's right. cheaper there. So they're not only dominating us in the media world. Uh, they, I think, they win in um, what's that Olympic event? Curling, curling. Yeah, they dominate. Curling's tough. I've, well, I've actually curled. It's like it's bowling, but with a broom. And you know what? Now I know why. Because as Americans, we weigh a lot more. <laughs> it's oh, hard to come con- on. It's exactly. It's hard to curl. Well, once you get when that, you got a big gut hanging over your, you belt. get that mass moving. It's hard to stop. Inertia <laughs> and all. It really is symbolic. It's a, it's a that's a seriously incredible symbol. That you know you got to sweep that really heavy ball, <laughs> and that's what we're doing as cement. Americans. Yeah, we're having a hard time carrying our own weight. Yeah, we love Canada. Totally, I'm jealous. I was hiding my emotions there. Did you see that? That was great. I was faking my personality a little bit too. <laughs> <laughs> but really, that just to recap, America learn from Canada, yeah. and let's. Let's go back to the other study that we should try to be more like Canadians. They are very polite. And by trying to be more like them, it will make them like us more. And then maybe we won't just sit down here and eat junk food all day. They do come across the border, I've heard, to buy milk. Well, because their milk's in bags. Well, it's in bags, but it's also cheaper here. Is it? With the the way our monies work, sometimes it's a couple bucks cheaper. I believe it. Plus... Ours has more fat. That's right. And it's not in a bag, apparently. Fatty cows. (laughs) Okay, well, there it is. Uh, That is the research in the round right there. We just went through three studies for you. Um, We're going to take a break. When we come back, do just a little wrap-up of the first hour of the show, folks. Stick with us. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. You know, um, as we wrap up this first hour of the show, we've gone through a lot of research today, but one of the things that, uh, you know, good old-fashioned news, for those of you that are keeping score on that, uh, you know, the Iranian deal, the nuclear deal that uh, the Obama administration had uh, negotiated with Iran, finally, they finally got their the last vote they needed. Barbara Mikulski apparently was that Vote Senator Barbara Mikulski of Maryland announced her support for the Iran nuclear deal Wednesday, providing the White House the vote it needs to prevent Republicans from scuttling that agreement with Iran. This just in, um, as uh, they're going to be reopening the U.S. embassy in Tehran, 
it's you know it's a long ways away. It has it's not going to happen for a while or a long time. But that doesn't mean that Iranians are rethinking their relationship with Uncle Sam. The Iranian state media said this weekend that a number of people painted over "Death to America" graffiti on the wall of the former U.S. embassy. They painted over it. Death to America. Isn't that great? No more death to America graffiti in Iran, at least on an embassy wall. But um, changes. It's going to keep happening. It's, it's just – it is what it is. The world moves on, my friends. That's, uh, that's why we bring you the show, give you more ideas, uh, the latest research and just the latest tools you need to make it through this crazy thing we call life. Next hour, by the way, our tech guru, Jay McFarland, will be uh, in talking with us about all things tech. And uh, we're definitely going to be getting into some of the latest and greatest um, news. A lot of it, by the way, from Apple. That'll be coming up. Stick with us, folks. We'll take a break, come back, do a few news headlines, take off on all things tech. Stick with us. We'll be right back. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Your guide on the side. Follow Dr. Matt on Twitter at Dr. Matt Show. Call the show at 1-855-CHAT-BYU. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt Townsend. Now on BYU Radio. BYU Radio. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt here, your coach, your guide on the side. Happy Skyscraper Day. For the 5% of you that live in a place where there is a skyscraper. Is that really true? It is, is that today really is the day? It's skyscraper day. Oh, my goodness. The uh, dedi- the day dedicated to the construction of tall buildings. You know, there's not a whole lot of no. skyscrapers in Salt Lake City. No. No. But you I, go to New York. I know. Wow. That is That the is home. such a fun, fun oh. place to visit, isn't it? Isn't it great? Oh, I love it. Just to looking visit. up. My kids are always like, Dad, um, is it true that if a penny fell from the Empire State Building that it would cut you in half? <laughs> and I'm like, yes, son, that it is, is true. true. So do not throw a penny. Do Have not. you ever been to the U.S. Open back in New York? No. I've, oh. I've flown over it, around it, by yeah. it. Yeah. I took our oldest son when he was 14. We went back there, and I could have stayed the whole two weeks. I love tennis, and just to be in that venue was so amazing. I, I'm, that's one of my life goals. I've been to Wimbledon. Not, have you? Not during the tournament. Oh, okay. But that's on my bucket list. Co- Wimbledon and the French Open are yeah. on my bucket list. If I go to Wimbledon, I'm going to have strawberries and oh, cream. Oh, for sure. That's part of it. And if I go to the U.S. Open, I'm going to have a, a, a Euro <laughs> on the streets of... <laughs> or a pretzel. Or hot dogs. Very yeah. good in New York. Mm. Yeah, that is so funny. It's super humid and you sweat like crazy. But we got to see um, Serena Williams. Did you? Who, if she wins it all, will become only the fourth woman to have won the Grand Slam. How so it was cool wonderful to watch her. And we, and we saw um, Rafa Nadal play. Uh-huh. You know, it's amazing. You watch it on TV and the court looks so much bigger. You go there and realize how, really how tiny it is and that they're able to get that ball in there at such speeds. Oh, I love it. Are you love a tennis it. player? Love it. Yes, I, I love uh, to play it's tennis. It's the greatest sport yeah. on earth. Mm, I love tennis. Not to brag. Pretty good. <laughs> Pretty good. Good to play sometime. Uh, what are you ranked? Uh, uh, 5-0. Are you really? No, I just lied. <laughs> I'm not ranked. I used to be 5-0, but now I'm 4-5. Uh, I was 5-0 till the, I call it PPF. Post. Pre-plantar oh, pre. fasciitis. Pre. <laughs> PPF. Um, so I don't know what I would be now. I don't have the lateral 
stability anymore. Yeah, that's hard. You know what I mean? Because I keep going and then I plant my foot. That's why you play my, doubles and you only yeah. have that little oh, small area. But I love doubles because yeah. it's the fastest game yeah. in the world. Have you played pickleball yet? Yes. That is That fun. is a great that game. That is really fun. Uh-huh. I played with it. I played my son in that and you're so used to hitting the, the tennis ball and you hit that hard ball. You really have yeah. to hit it hard. But if hard. you notice the pickle, pickles don't bounce like a ball. They don't. And the shape is odd. I love yeah. pickleball. I do too. It needs That's to become fun. bigger. Oh, it is. Is it? It's, in Utah, it's becoming huge. It really is. I don't know across the country, but it's really picking up. There's courts everywhere. Oh, man. Yeah. I could see that. I could I could probably – I could you be could a, I could be a pickle that. pro. Yeah. <laughs> Not really. Did you hear this crazy news about social – or about uh, selfies? Because our tech guru is coming on. Jay McFarland will be with us in just a minute. He's going to be talking to us about – you know, there's a big – uh, launch um, of, I guess, the new iPhone is going to be launched by Apple. A big iPhone 6S event is going to be later, I think. Uh, That's on, this month, yeah, right? Yeah, it's later, like on the 9th. But because he's coming in, I've, I've got to ask him about this. Uh, selfies, apparently, because this is the selfie generation. Like how many times have you walked in the studio and Ben's in here alone just taking, taking pictures? Selfies. Isn't that it's weird? Kind of embarrassing, yeah. Well, I thought I was alone. Well, I know, but there's windows all over the <laughs> studio. cameras everywhere, too. You're never alone. <laughs> but apparently it's this – all this selfie craze might be driving an increase in lice. What? Yeah, more and more kids. How do you are, get lice from taking a selfie? Because you have to get – everyone has to get close. Oh, everybody get close so you get really close. everybody. So we, we talked uh, – we have some audio that's from this study that they did. A Wisconsin pediatrician uh, did the study, but this is this is what he found out is is going on with the lice. And... That is so disgusting. There you have it. What 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 audio is that? Ben? That's is that the lice? That was an interview taken from the lice, actually. So was the lice speaking or was it just eating? No. Is that, well, lice, it doesn't speak, so many, it's obviously eating. Well, it doesn't speak the way you're used to hearing. Um, but uh, traditionally, lice are more commonly spread among elementary school-aged children, but apparently it's it's getting through high school now, and it's being spread because of all this close contact taking selfies. Mm. In fact, uh, lice impacts anywhere from 6 million to 12 million kids wow. between the ages of 3 to 11 each year, wow. according to the CDC. And people are doing selfies every day. We're taking them all over the place. All over. And they're, ha- they're sticking their heads together. And that's when the lice jump off. They grab a, you know, they grab a cooler, some drinks, an umbrella, and they head yes. to head the beach to the on your person. head. It's oh, pretty wow. gross. Have your kids ever had lice? No. No, mine neither, thank goodness. No. I think whenever anybody takes a selfie, they should think about that sound. I think – let's hear that sound one more time. Every time you say, hey, let's do a selfie – Gnawing at your scalp. Because this is what you'd hear at night in bed. Can I say what that sound reminds me of? Yes. So my son is serving a mission in, I guess I should, I don't want to get him in trouble, in Japan. And so his companion is native, Japanese. Yeah, yeah. And he said, Mom, they, they slurp. They, no, they, 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 they get a lot of air in their mouth yes. when they eat. And he goes, Mom, it's grossing me out. <laughs> <laughs> he said it because we, we are, you know, our kids, yeah. you close your mouth, we yeah. chew. And he goes, Mom, does he have driving a, me crazy. <laughs> he's got a gag reflex. <laughs> he does. He's like, he goes, I can't look. I can't look. And I try not to listen. That is so Isn't that sad. funny? Check this out. Did you know that lice can move nine inches in a minute? 
Nine, nine inches. inches in a minute. Wow. So if you're going to take a selfie, I take a quick one. Quick one. <laughs> and everybody has selfie sticks now too. So uh, you know, kids curl up on couches together. They sit head to head looking at videos. That used to be romantic, I guess. That's romance for a teenager. Yeah. Yeah. It's also, you're going to hear that sound <laughs> just the rest of your night. Something just chewing in your head. Uh, anyway, that's uh, just some headlines for you from Matt Townsend. Let's go now to Kathy Aiken and get the real headlines. Well, good morning, everyone. The man who helped set up Hillary Clinton's email server has told congressional committees he'll plead the fifth to avoid testifying against his former boss. Brian Pagliano worked on Clinton's campaign back in 2008 and set up the server in 2009 in her New York home. South Carolina Republican Congressman Trey Gowdy subpoenaed Pagliano to appear for questioning one week from today in front of the Benghazi Committee. Meanwhile, according to RadarOnline.com, a person claiming to be a computer specialist reportedly has 32,000 emails hacked from Clinton's email server and is asking for half a million dollars. The Republican National Committee yesterday began reaching out to GOP presidential campaigns asking their candidates to sign a pledge not to run as an independent. The pledge says if the candidate does not become the nominee, they will endorse the winner and will not run a third-party campaign. Donald Trump is scheduled to meet in meet with RNC Chairman Reince Priebus in New York today to talk about the pledge. Your interpretation of the Bible does not trump the Constitution. Your interpretation of the Bible does not trump the more chaos yesterday as Rowan County Clerk Kim Davis again refused to issue same-sex marriage licenses. Clark is due in court today where her attorneys will argue issuing the licenses, quote, irreparably and irreversibly violates her conscience. Attorneys representing same-sex couples have asked the judge to fine Davis if she continues her stance. Police in Illinois continue to search for those responsible for the death of police officer Joe Glenowitz. The 30-year veteran was killed when he pursued three men on foot on Tuesday. Here's Lake County Police to Detective Joe Falenko. All it takes is one tip or good lead to break a case wide open. The search was diverted temporarily yesterday when a woman lied about seeing two suspicious men near the murder scene. 30-year-old Kristen Kiefer is being held in the county jail and has been charged with disorderly conduct and falsifying a police report. Kiefer said she did it to get attention from the family she works for as a nanny. One Marine was killed and nine others injured yesterday when the helicopter they were on made a hard landing. The Super Stallion helicopter was in a training exercise at Camp Lejeune in North Carolina last night when the accident occurred. One of the injured is listed in serious condition. No names have been released. And Matt, I don't know if you watch Fox News, but Fox News anchor Harris Faulkner is suing Hasbro over a plastic hamster Mm. that bears the same name. Lawyers for the woman say the inches tall plastic hamster willfully and wrongfully used Faulkner's valuable name for financial gain. Hasbro no longer sells the hamster toy, but Faulkner wants $5 million for the alleged name ripoff. Well, were they intentionally taking his name? Her name. Her name? Yeah, so it's a her. <laughs> oh, it's a her. What's her name? <laughs> Harris Faulkner. Harris Faulkner. Faulkner, yep. Faulkner, F-A-U-L-K-N-E-R. Yes, she, um, it, yeah, it kind of looked, her eyes were kind of similar, but I didn't see much of the <laughs> resemblance. But yeah, they say the name is too valuable to use on a hamster, I guess. And so she wants $5 million. Wow. Yeah. Don't use your name. So I we didn't could even have know the Harris. Matt Townsend. Oh, you can name a what, hamster yeah, after me all you want. 
I won't even charge you five million bucks. Really? Just give me some free toys. Some free toys. Uh huh. Just not a skunk or something like that. Not a skunk. No. Yeah, yeah, not a hamsters skunk. Hamsters okay. Something cute, cuddly. Okay, dog maybe. A vermin. A vermin. Okay. <laughs> as as Mitt Romney Is it Matthew says. or Matt? It's Matthew M. Matthew Townsend. M. Okay, Matthew. You have to have the middle initial. Yeah, it just Matthew sounds more M. formal. Matthew M. Can you, what does the M stand for? Uh, Martin. Matthew Martin. Matthew Martin. You Townsend. had to think about that for a second. Well, I was gonna make. I was gonna make up a name. <laughs> But I, I'm not that fast. <laughs> Matthew. Matthew Martin. The magical. Eminem. Eminem. Make friends. Eminem's make friends. Well done, Kathy. Interesting. I didn't even know about that Fox anchor. Man, come on. Come on. Hey, uh, we got a great uh, segment coming up. You know him as Jay McFarland. We call him our tech guru. We're going to be doing the What the Tech segment where Jay's going to come on and he's going to give us all the latest and greatest about uh, all things tech. We're going to get in deep into some of the big releases that will be coming out in Apple's big iPhone 6S event that will be coming up uh, later this week, I believe. Actually, on the 9th, I think, of September. Stick with us, folks. Interesting stuff. All things tech up next right here on The Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. You know, regularly we like to uh, get into all things tech. I don't know if you've noticed this, but this seems to be the day and age of tech. Every day a new release of some crazy new product that's supposed to make our lives easier. But uh, we always like to go to the pros to help us sort through it all. Jay McFarland is our tech guru here on the Matt Townsend Show. He is... Also, the host of the popular uh, radio show, The Browsers, on KSL.com. You can go there and find that. But he has a great website, jmcfarland.com. The dude is, like, seriously, the Renaissance man. He's 100-plus apps that he's developed, games he's developed. He has instructional videos on how to develop apps. He's written books. He does everything. And today he's going to walk us through – What's going on in the tech world? Jay McFarland, welcome to the show again, my friend. Hey, good morning. It's great to be here. Now, are you uh, are you commuting today? Uh, I will when we're done. I will get on the front runner as soon as we wrap up here. Look at you. Yes. That's a good, I, that's a good I deal. I love it. And it delivers no you right to the, your building. That's exactly right. That's no the, stress. No. Life, and, is, uh, life is easy for you. You'll probably take a little nap, maybe do some work. I love to nap on the front runner. I don't know why, but I can sleep on that bad boy more than anywhere else. But I also get work done. So, so let's just do a shout out. Anybody on the front runner that sees you napping, we would pay big money for that video. <laughs> now let's not. <laughs> let's get that going. Hey, so what's going on in the tech world? I mean, I know Apple's about to, you know, relaunch a whole new load of stuff. Well, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of what's dominating uh, the tech world today. On, on September 9th, so that's coming up, Yeah, you've got the big rollout for Apple. And they're saying this is going to be one of the biggest or widest product releases they've had in mm. a long time. And they're saying that for a couple of reasons. One, the rumor mill. But the other is they've They've Matt. They've booked a bigger theater. Seven thousand oh people for this theater. So that's how you know <laughs> that it's they're gonna, going crazy. It's going to be a big launch. 
going crazy in Cupertino. <laughs> so you're talking uh, new iPhones, uh, Apple TV, a new iPad, new size iPad. Uh, new stuff for the Apple Watch and a new iPad Mini. Those are among the rumors that are coming wow. out right now. Yeah. So which one do you, should we start with? The iPhone? Is that well, what you want to? Well, yeah. Let's yeah. Let's start with the iPhone because um, do we need another iPhone? <laughs> Have we ever needed any iPhones? <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. So this is going to be the 6S. Is that what they're calling it? Yeah. So they do this every every time you have a major phone release. So the 6S. Or the 6 and the 6 Plus came out last year. Everyone's expecting a 6S and the S, but nobody really knows what it, what it stands for. The tech world kind of interprets it as minor improvements to the 6. Hmm. So the minor improvements, a better new alloy. This is called aluminum 7000, 60% stronger. Wow. So maybe your phone won't bend, uh, which was a big concern. <laughs> that was huge, one. yeah. Uh, but because of that, it's actually going to be a little bit thicker, which is fine with me because I think that the last phones that came out with are too thin. Yeah, it's like talking in a feather. Yeah, you feel like you're going to cut yourself holding the thing. <laughs> That's right. I, you know, I don't want to be able to shave with my device. <laughs> yeah, you so, do not need a paper cut from your phone. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, so, But one of the big things is it will have forced touch on it. Ooh, now, what does that mean? It, so forced touch came out with the Apple Watch. And basically, the Apple Watch knows when you're just tapping it and when you're pressing on oh. it. You can sense the pressure difference. Yeah. And what that gives you is added functionality. So a quick tap means just just open that icon. A press and a hold means something completely huh. different. Cool. So that you're going to see that. And, and again, to be clear, these are all rumors. Apple used to be really good at keeping everything quiet. They're lousy now. So usually the rumors pretty much bear out it's, and hold to be true. Now, why are they doing uh, a 6S Plus? I, I've got the impression that the Plus, the 6 Plus phones weren't selling. Oh, no. They, they've been huge. Have they been huge? Yeah. yeah. People, uh, I don't have the actual numbers in front of me, but uh, the the added screen size to compete with the Android devices that had large screens, or as we call them, phablets, right? Yeah, phablets. Tablet, or as I like to call them, the fabulet. Right? Those <laughs> are, can, you, uh, can you do that again? Fabulet. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> So, so they, I didn't know that they were selling. I really, I, cause, oh, yeah. yeah, that's good. I, that's actually, that's interesting. I mean, I, I don't see, I don't have arms big enough to hold one of those. Oh, I have the six plus. My wife has the six. Plus. Do you like that? And, huh? Oh, I love it. I absolutely love it. I could not go back. You know, my kids have the smaller screen and I try and look at it and, and touch the little tiny buttons and it drives <laughs> me crazy. So Maybe our hands are just go, getting bigger, I think. It could be. I, I could actually go a little bit bigger, I could, think. Could you really? Yeah, yeah. Well, when, Wait, does it, my, when does it stop being a phone, Jay? <laughs> when it turns into an iPad. And then it's a fabulous. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's sad. Uh, so also, uh, iPhone 6S and 6S Plus look for better camera, faster processor, and also don't forget the new rose gold color. Oh, that please. Really? That will be very important. You need the and rose gold. Yeah, and the 5C going away. Some parents are not happy about that because it was a good first phone. Oh, kids. yeah. So you will be able to still get the 5S, though. You can get the 5S, but really they're yeah. getting rid of the rest of the 5s up yeah. to 5S. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be 5S and up. 
Mm. And that's that's really all for the for the new iPhone. Not a major major upgrade. That's again why they're calling it the S, not the iPhone Seven, which wow. will be next year probably. Okay. Oh, great. Yeah. Then I'll now, need the to get that. The one has me has me interested in a Pro. Oh, what was that? We're losing you again, Jay. What what'd you say? Can you hear me? This is the yeah. iPad Pro. Ooh, what's that? Okay, so this is an iPad that is a twelve point nine inch screen. Hmm. So the size of your MacBook screen. Yeah. It so a lot bigger. And there have been, the rumors have been off and on that this is gonna get rolled out this year or next. They're now saying absolutely for sure this year next week this will be rolled out and that they're calling it an enterprise edition mostly for businesses it may even have usb ports on it which is a crazy thought yeah on your for apple yeah but a lot of people complaining that if you're going to come out with something that big why not put on the mac uh os 10 operating system right so that it's not limited and that's been one of my biggest complaints is that when are we going to get to that point with Apple when you can have a device with a touch screen that is a tablet when you want a tablet and that is a desktop you want yes. when you want a desktop. And that's what Windows 8 was trying to do for the PC. Right. And they're finally able to do that with Windows 10 effectively. And so I think Mac is behind or Apple is behind behind on that. Hmm. And I don't know if they're going to do it. You know, they get these kind of wild hairs where they refuse to do things and – I, you know, I don't understand why. I would love to see that, but it's not going to happen. So that's anyway. going to be the iPad Pro. iPad Pro is what they're calling it. That is interesting. And then I guess, too, there will be an iPad 3, Air, no, iPad Air 3. So they, the rumors are they are working on an iPad Air, but they don't expect to see that this next week. Okay. What you will see is an iPad Mini 4. Oh boy! So, so <laughs> it's just a lot of numbers. <laughs> you want me to send you a list? Yeah, I, I need a guide. Yeah. Uh, so the iPad Mini Four, thinner, faster uh, than the current version. Mm. Uh, you know, minor upgrades. It may or may not have that force touch on it. Uh, we're not sure about that. But sources, you will see a new iPad Mini, not a new. Oh, we're losing you, Jay. Uh, can you hear me now? Yeah, we can hear you now. You, you, you got to stay out of the bathroom, Jay. <laughs> yeah, <sorry. laughs> stay by the windows, Jay. Yeah. I, well, last last time I ended up doing my show in the front yard. I know. I think you, it's because you got pajamas. Yeah, I think it's because you got those big meaty hands on that six plus phone. <laughs> it could be. I'm. Gonna... That's that's what it is. Okay. You know, let's just act, let's just yard. let's just do this while you're getting it straightened out. We'll take a break. Yeah. I want to come back and talk about. The Apple Watch and all of the apps, because that doesn't seem to be turning out maybe the way we thought it would. Um, Find out more about Apple Watch. Find out about the Apple TV set uh, as well. The prices are going up, apparently. All things Apple. Uh, That's what we're talking about with our great tech guru, Jay McFarland. You can find out more uh, from Jay at jmcfarland.com. We'll take a break. Be right back. This is The Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, tech users, to the Matt Townsend Show. 
In the house, the tech guru, Jay McFarland, is joining us from jmcfarland.com. you got to go check out the site. He'll teach you how to do to make apps, my friends. There's money to be made in the app world. Go there, take some of his tutorials. But uh, Jay is back with us, and Jay, apparently you've sorted out your audio difficulty. I hope so. I hope we have a better connection. Are you back on top of the roof? Uh, yeah. Oh, you know what? You're bad again. We can't hear you again, Jay. You know why? It's, take that. You know the tinfoil hat you're wearing? Take that off. No tinfoil hat. Can you hear me? I can hear, I can hear you better there, yeah. Okay. I, I'm literally going into the front yard. I can hear an airplane, yeah, so you're good. Okay. So a little background noise, a little ambient noise, but we'll, <laughs> we'll figure it out. You're great. Talk about the uh, the Apple Watch SDK. What on earth does that mean, and why does it matter? I've got an Apple Watch, as you know. Yes. And I the only the only real thing I can do with it is I can put my nine dollar plastic cover on it so it doesn't get scratched. <laughs> you put a cover on your yeah. Apple Watch? Yeah, I lose it about every day, and then it's fun because it gives me something to do in the day is to look for my cover, and then I put it back on. <laughs> And but I haven't I have no scratches on my watch. There is absolutely no need for a cover on your Apple. That's what you know what that's what everybody that works for Apple says. No, this thing has been tested outside of Apple. And if you go online and look at the tests that they have done with that screen, if you scratch the thing, I I can't imagine what type of lifestyle you would have to have to do that, especially in your line of business. I know. I mean, if you were in construction or or, or you know I don't know laser drilling. Jay, have you seen my fingernails? (laughs) (laughs) Is it really that strong? Like it's because the last thing I want is a scratch because that would bug me. (laughs) You don't need a you don't need a cover. Well, why did why did you tell me that now? I already spent nine (laughs) dollars. Yeah, well, I you know you should check with me for everything first. I've never seen a cover for an Apple Watch. I don't know anyone who has a cover. I'll take a picture of it and send it to you. Okay, please do. I'll do Please it. do. The, uh, the Apple SDK, that deals with the developer side of the equation. So basically what they're doing is when they first rolled out the Apple Watch, it had some limited functionality so that they could work out the bugs. And what they're doing now is letting those of us on the developer side have more access to the functionality. Mm. So that SDK will allow uh, app developers to have more connectivity with their iPhone apps so it, it, what it should mean for you, the consumer, is that you'll see upgrades coming and software coming that you might use. Uh, Finally. With my, yeah. Yeah. With my Apple Watch, I will use the fitness stuff when I play basketball, and I check my messages, and I check the time. I mean, that's all I do. Yeah. So I would like to see some more functionality coming to the Apple Watch. I, I'm told next week at the rollout, we'll see some more sport bands, you know, different oh, cool. colors and things. Yeah. Yeah. So that... So that will be that will be something. Mm-hmm. And I bet you that's where they'll launch the plastic cover for the Apple Watch. It's <laughs> not going to happen. <laughs> I'm just. Uh, I will tell you that they released some numbers. It, it was kind of doom and gloom on the Apple Watch. Yeah. And we saw some numbers come out earlier this week that said it's doing much better than they, than huh. they thought it would. It's second only to the Fitbit. In in really? sales, yeah. and that the Fitbit is a much cheaper product line for it. So for it to have done that well, that's amazing. Uh, competing with a lower price point, they're saying you might call it a success now. You might be able to use 
those words when it comes to the Apple Watch. Well, that's a that is great news because I've got one, and um, it's also great news that they're going to have more apps. In fact, I've got a really good app idea I'm going to talk to you about, and then I want okay. you to design it on SDK. Oh, I, okay. So I will. It's, it's so cool. You will love it. Now, All right. I, I don't know if it's possible, but I, or even like realistic. But I'm pretty sure you'll be able to cut through that very quickly. Yeah. Send me, send me the, oh. uh, the, the details. Oh, the it's huge. Thing, the, <laughs> the other thing coming out next week is uh, the new Apple TV. Long awaited. Yes. Apple TV. Um, this kind of makes me mad. Why? Well, and I'm I'm probably ignorant to it, but I have a feeling that Apple's some way going to weasel their way into my TV viewing. Kind of like I'm a little frustrated with iTunes, and I don't really know why, but I just okay. I feel like I'm getting gouged sometimes. Okay, Not just um, just because they're cornering a market. I have a feeling they're going to corner my TV market. Well, they're certainly going after that. There's a lot of rumors that they're going to start their own actual uh, movie production mm. and TV production. Uh, because Netflix has been so successful with that, their yeah. standalone uh, programming, and you're seeing Amazon go in that direction. I don't know if they'll be able to corner it. Okay. Um, and, and especially when it comes to Apple TV, they've been way behind Roku and yeah. uh, and Android's new device. So this has been – people have been wanting this for years, I and mean, they have not made a single change. They've just ignored Apple TV. Yeah. Uh, you know, just like it's not even there. Um, and so, so people are hopeful for this upgrade. It is going to be more expensive. It'll go from $99 to $149, but it'll have Siri on it. So you'll have a remote that you can talk to. Oh, cool. We all want one more device that yeah. we can talk to and it doesn't understand us. Yeah, totally. Because Siri doesn't understand me. And, well, and yeah, I, but you've got that, you've got that lispy speech impediment is thing. That, is that what it is? Because yeah. I will ask her for directions. <laughs> She's somewhere here in Utah, and I end up I in know. New York every time. <laughs> it drives me crazy. Um, but so you're looking at voice control. You're looking at more storage. Okay, uh, cool. You're looking at a remote control that will have an accelerometer in it, you know, so you could use it as a joystick like a oh. Wii. So yeah. You might see some gaming in there. Um, those are the types of things you're looking at with Apple TV. So it could tell you how fast you threw your remote control across yes. the room. Yes. My my question is because if you if you have an Apple TV, you know this is the smallest remote control in history, <laughs> making it by extension the most losable remote control right. in history. It falls everywhere, and so if you can just walk into a room. And call for the remote, and it can say, "I'm over here. I'm over here." Maybe that will be that will be a plus. That you, remote, it, it it'll cut you. It's so small. That needs to be the app. I mean, like one of the greatest apps or uh, functions on my Apple Watch is it helps me find my phone. Yeah. We need the same thing on our television remote, our Apple TV remote. Yeah, and I think it might be there, but I. Why are you losing your phone? What do you? Well, because mine's you, not a mine, mine's not a six plus grande. <laughs> Yours is a six. You have a six grande that you can't lose. It's like a. It's like you know. It's like a mattress. But I always, when it's not on me, I always like put it in the same place. And yeah, then not me. When I wake up, it's right there. Not and me. It's always on me. There's the joy of the search, Jay. Have you ever heard of that? You just there's the joy of every morning waking up and saying, "Now, where is that phone?" This is actually your alarm, right? Exactly. You find it. Uh-huh. Like, where is the iPhone in the house? That's, that's exactly. Well, my kids I take understand. mine too, and like they'll just come borrow it for a while. Oh, okay. You know how that is. Yeah, 
No, my kids know they don't touch. Don't touch. Don't touch. Don't touch the plus. Don't touch they the don't. grande, kids. <laughs> yeah. And Leave. I'll know. <laughs> so sad. Jay, what else is going on in the tech world that we need to worry about? Well, uh, new news, new reports out about Windows 10 adoption rates. This is how quickly yeah. people are upgrading to Windows 10. And it is record setting, hmm. especially when you compare it to Windows 8. Some 75 million people have done the free upgrade. And the initial consumer response has been very very positive because they fixed all the dumbness in Windows 8. That's um, great. And I've, I've downloaded it. I recommend it. I think it's a great operating system. Gamers are loving it. They're saying that their games are running better. Hmm. And, you, you know, the big problem with Windows 8 was that, as I said, they were trying to be in that world where if you have a, a computer that has a touch screen, it's a tablet and works great with touch when you want it to be a tablet, and then it's a desktop when you don't want it to be a tablet. The problem is people were getting that exact setup when they didn't have a touchscreen, and it made no sense to them because it had all of these features with swipe and these big icons and dual apps for the same functionality and different core settings for touch versus desktop. Now it knows if you have a touchscreen, and if, it, if you don't, it won't bother you with that stuff. Yeah, good. You know, and that's going to make a big difference. Yeah. Uh, but I do think they're the only operating system leading in that direction where you want a device that can be in both of those worlds. If you're on the train on Front Runner and you want a touchscreen tablet, it works beautifully for that. Hmm. And then you get to your work and you set it up on your desk and you're back in that familiar environment with the start screen and great. you use it as a desktop. I mean, to me, they're leading out in that regard. And I, w- I really wish Mac and Apple would head that way. But they're stubborn and they won't. Ugh. Why can't these two get along and just follow each other's lead? Well, like, you know, they will. They will eventually. I will say Windows 10 has a lot of features that they that they took out of uh, Mac OS 10 operating system, like different virtual desktops and a new notification center. You know, one yeah. makes the other better, Matt. It's okay. We're all yeah. We, that's that's the way humanity is. We lift each other. It's- with our with our Apple Watch uh, screen protectors. That's right, exactly. Those types of things. Yeah. See, that's it. I know you're going to go get one now because I introduced you to it. <laughs> it's going to change your life. I'm actually not that concerned. I know why. I don't use it that much. I'm I'm not. Oh, you know, for yeah. the price, I'm just not impressed. Yeah. Well, I, I wouldn't. I use it every day, and you know, when I go do, you know, when I go into the field. I want to make sure it doesn't get scratched. Yeah, well... I do a lot of field I, stuff. Like... Just field... Like, like, I'll go yeah. see a client in, like, a duck blind. Oh, okay. And I like to just I, sit there. Yeah. So I just try to work my, through issues in the duck yeah, blind. Yeah, the extent of my field research is hitting the drive-thru, you yeah, know, at right. McDonald's. Sticking so. your left hand out that window. Yeah, so I'm not I'm not too worried about it. It's so the, that's all... Everything to come in, coming next week from... From Apple. That's good. And uh, and a little Microsoft action. Yeah, I think prepare to be underwhelmed mostly by what Apple is rolling out. But you never know. They try and throw in throw in surprises. They'll have yeah. They'll, doesn't he always try throw in like one last thing? Yes. And and if he says that, if he says that's the famous line from from Steve Jobs. If he says and one more thing, yeah. I don't think you'll hear that this time. If you hear that, that means what they're about to roll out is supposed to be mind-blowing mm. and, uh, 
and and them taking on a new you know segment of the market yeah. or something like that. So, by the way, have you tried out Apple Music? Are you are you using I, that? I am. I'm using that, and I'm still deciding how I feel about that. Yeah, I will tell you, it's dumb. Yeah, that's <laughs> good. Good because that's kind of where I was leaning. Well, I think I think they'll get there, but it, it's kind of the reverse of Apple. Normally, when they roll it out, a product their key is it's so user intuitive that you don't have to think about it you don't have to learn it or train it i mean they've never put out an instruction guide for any product because they're so proud of how user-friendly their products are and apple music just all i want to do is say these are the types of music i like exactly a list and play it like pandora does and it's just a nightmare yeah it's so non-user friendly that I think I get angrier because it's an Apple product and it's not user friendly. Mm-hmm. That's me. Like if somebody else put it out, I probably would love it, but oh, yeah. I expect more from Apple. See, but that's good. They've raised that expectation for you. Yeah, but you're supposed to under promise, over deliver. Why? Why don't they under deliver? Why doesn't a company like Apple just because they have the money? Why don't they just go buy a Spotify? Just buy it. Just um, own them. Yeah, that would, yeah, that and, st- would, and then that you know make then Appleize it. But Apple Apple does buy a lot of companies, but they typically buy them when they're a lot smaller. Yeah, and and uh, it, in this case, they just felt like they already had all the music contacts. They did buy Beats. That's right. That's right. Beats Beats headphones also had their own streaming music service. Okay. And so they Beats it. Apple Music is kind of this hodgepodge between iTunes and Beats. Yeah. And what they should have done is just start from the ground up right. is what I feel. Instead they try to to marry those two. I feel like it should be pulled out of iTunes completely and be its standalone yeah. app. No, and I agree. It, it, it's just so confusing. I'm glad you agree that it's I that I, that's always been driving me crazy. I just didn't want to yeah. sound negative today, but that <laughs> yeah. that is one that I don't quite like yet. All right, so go back to Pandora and take the uh, protector off your Apple Watch, and you'll be fine. That, no. that I, You know what? When he says we have one last thing, he's going to flip it up, and you're going to see this Apple Watch screen. It's just a screen happen. protector. You watch. It'll never happen. You know what? Sometimes I see things that people don't see, and, and, when I, yeah. and, and I'm just telling you that's it. And you see things that people will never see. I understand. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Darn it. That's why you're the tech guru. Jay yeah. McFarland's his name. Thanks, Jay. Great stuff. You, you, again, you can go to his website, jmcfarland.com. Lots of great games there. But more importantly, he'll teach you how to make apps and, and design and, and do what you need to do. And Jay's very successful at it. He's also just a great guy. He has horrible cell service but inside his house. But it's not, you know, it's probably just because of us. You know, we're getting him at the wrong time. Anyway, we'll take a break, my friends. Great stuff. Stick with us. We'll come back, do a little wrap-up of hour number two of the show. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. You know, man, it's hard to know who to trust anymore because it's scary, right? China, their economy's struggling a bit, which is impacting 
our stock market and futures market. And then, you know, depending on who you talk to, China may be the biggest threat in the world. In fact, we have a clip. um, I think it's just a, a very brief type of clip from Donald Trump talking about his views on China. Let's say China. 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 You go over to China. 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 You take China. 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 I love them. China. 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 I have to have my China. China. China because China. 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 You know. China. I know China very well. China, you know the embarrassing China, China. thing about China, that whole China, China, China. thing? It goes for about another six minutes. Uh, that was all in one speech. That was that was that was just one speech. But look at think of that. Every one of those are clips, right? Of Donald Trump talking about the great threat of China and Remember, President Obama is up was up in Alaska, and while he was there, five Chinese Navy ships were sailing in international waters off of the Bering Sea off the coast of Alaska, in the Bering Sea off the coast of Alaska. They were just, you know, not a big deal, I guess, just Chinese vessels moving on his last day, by the way, of his three-day visit to Alaska – there was a Chinese operation that, that uh, was unclear. Nobody knew exactly what they were doing. But the Pentagon did not detect any threatening activities. So, you know, Donald's right. We got to worry about China. Five ships patrolling in international waters. Nothing wrong there. But, uh, you know, we should worry about that. Maybe China's on the way to take over Alaska. Donald's telling us that, Right. Scary. Also, uh, I mean, there's some other news that might, you know, give you some rest, actually, because according to um, the, they just had a military parade in Beijing Thursday morning, and it marked a significant coming out party for the People's Liberation Army as the military had the chance to flex its muscles on the world stage in a big way. Just days before President Jinping visits Washington to meet with President Barack Obama. The event included 12,000 troops, about 200 planes and helicopters, around 500 troop carriers, tanks, rocket launchers, missiles. And uh, President Xi Jinping took the world by surprise by announcing, listen to this, he's cutting the 200 million strong Chinese force by about 300 personnel. It's a trap. It's a trap. He's going to cut out 300,000 soldiers, personnel, from the Chinese army. Echoing the U.S. Defense Department, China is focusing more on high-tech naval and air assets as opposed to ground troops, requiring fewer but better trained troops in the coming years. So, you know. Let's let's by the way, let's go back really quickly to um, Trump and see if he's finished his talk on China. Let's say China, 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 China,
China, China, China. You take China. China. It's almost China. 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 It's almost China. like a sign. China, China, China. Okay, yeah. Let's go China. away from China. Trump. Um, yeah, he's still talking about China. I didn't hear him mention that they're going to decrease the troops. That might just be good for all of us to know. It doesn't mean we're safer, right? Just because we have fewer troops, but you know, they're going. To, apparently, China's going to use more technology to, you know, push their military forward. Anyway, interesting stuff. You know, it it never it never ends. And when you think about this political culture again. We can be enemies with everybody, but we've got to understand them. And one of the great uh, – one of my favorite interviews recently was an interview with a BYU professor that is an expert in China and, and relations with China. And just the information that we learned about who they are and how united – and actually not united, but connected we are with them. How our success and their success are so hand-in-hand – in this global world, in this global economy, um, the idea maybe of some of the threats that we used to have, uh, it, it may not actually fly. I think we're more likely to be attacked by a terrorist than we are maybe to be in this horrible, crazy, impactful position with China. China needs the United States and the United States needs the Chinese market. And uh, we need each other. And so it's the benefit of the world economy and the world market is if we make each other our enemies, um, and that's kind of old school. It seems like that's what we used to do is just we could call somebody an enemy. Now it seems like what we might want to do is understand them more completely. We might be able to be a little more aggressive, as Donald Trump talks about, in our negotiations. But we also need to make sure it's mutually beneficial. As long as our policies are benefiting both sides and not just one side, I think I think we all have a shot here. Anyway, interesting stuff. Uh, we're going to wrap up the second hour of the show. Go take a break, do some headlines, come back next hour. We're gonna, we're going to be getting into a topic that's that's really interesting about mental health. If you've ever heard of the the disorder called borderline personality disorder, it's a really interesting. It's a difficult. Disorder that um, that leaves a lot of families confused and, and not quite understanding what's going on. We're going to be talking about the disorder, giving you some insight, some tools, some ideas. We'll also be going to BYU Sports Nation, checking with them as well. Stick with us, folks. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Your guide on the side. Follow Dr. Matt on Twitter at Dr. Matt Show. Call the show at 1-855-CHAT-BYU. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt Townsend. Now on BYU Radio. BYU Radio. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Top of the morning to you. Man, nearly afternoon for some of you on the East Coast. Good day. Boy, we got a great show for you today. Today we... Uh, We've already covered a lot, a lot of tech stuff in our earlier hours. We also went over a bunch of different studies on uh, your relationships and the importance of sometimes just fitting in. Anyway, if you want to get any of those older uh, shows, you can go find us on podcast. Just go to iTunes or tune in. Look up The Matt Townsend Show. Bada boom, bada bing. 
You can go back and uh, and listen to that. Uh, a little bit uh, later in this hour, we're going to be speaking with Randy uh, Krieger, who is um, an expert on borderline personality disorder, which a lot of us it's it's a true full on mental health issue, mental disorder, psychological disorder, and we we don't even know necessarily that we we may have a, a parent or somebody in our family that has this disorder, and we don't know it. You know, they're they're kind of manipulative. Maybe they're they're angry. They yell a lot. It and and a lot of times it makes you think, what is going on here? So we wanted Randy to come over and 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 just talk to us about this disorder. Help us understand what's going on. She wrote the book "Walking Stop Walking on Eggshells," which is really um, it's a it's a wonderful book. It's sold I think more than fourteen million. Um, copies or so. So we're going to be talking about that. But also, before we do that, holy cow, did you hear about this New Jersey daycare staff? Oh, my word. Come on. Crazy. A pair of staff members at a daycare center in Cranford, New Jersey, have been accused of running a fight club with the kids under their care. I saw that. 22-year-old Erica Kenny and 28-year-old Shanice White have been charged with fourth-degree child abuse Kenny's been charged with third-degree endangering of a child. By the way, in the end, just so you know, the kids thankfully have not suffered any serious injuries. But what these two would do is they would basically – and the prosecutors allege this, right? That one day last month, Kenny and um, White instigated fights among a dozen four- to six-year-old boys and girls in the academy. Like a fight club, quite honestly. And then Kenny filmed some of the fights and then shared them on Snapchat. Crazy. Isn't that amazing? Did they, are they, was he a former boxer or anything like, do we know that? Has it said? Is he a former fighter? Uh, it doesn't say that. But, but on the video, they, Kenny's voice can be heard referencing Fight Club as she encourages them to brawl. At one point, the adult even quotes the book and movie Fight Club. Thankfully, none of the children were injured. Holy cow, how long were they in business? Does that say? Yeah, I have no idea. Hopefully not. Isn't that crazy? Hopefully never again. Uh, yeah. And man, I mean like, so what did you learn today at school? I learned. Let me show you. I learned the death grip, the full Nelson mom. Here, turn around. Let me show you something. <laughs> Unbelievable. And then the edge here about this lottery in North Carolina introduces barbecue scented lottery tickets. Well, that'll get you to buy a ticket for sure. It's a scratch and sniff, and when you scratch off your lottery picks, I guess, you can smell the barbecue sauce. Excellent. (laughs) I'm not sure that would be my favorite smell. Lottery officials will unveil their new barbecue box scratch-off tickets Tuesday at Clyde Cooper's Barbecue in downtown Raleigh. But North really Carolina think that's going to a... get people to buy more tickets? Oh, for sure. You'd buy more if oh, I smell <laughs> Absolutely. The $2 scratch and sniff tickets will bring a, ch- a chance to win up to twenty five grand, and will enter people into other prizes. It'll Colorado. You, make you want to go buy more barbecue sauce. Well, I think what they're trying to do is it's, there's just something about it's just more appealing with the aroma. Mm-hmm. Colorado <laughs> began selling tickets with coffee, chocolate, and bouquet scents mm-hmm. back, way back in 2008. Texas, Florida, Missouri have offered chocolate tickets. That actually, three people died just licking 
their the golden ticket. Yeah, is that, is that the, <laughs> the golden, golden ticket? ticket? Nebraska unveiled um, a sriracha scented scratch tickets. Mm. Look at what they're doing to try to get you to buy. We all know there's one universal smell that will make everybody buy, and that is bacon. It's a trap. Bacon. Bacon. If I could squeeze bacon out of this show and get it into every car that's mm-hmm. listening. Did your son make you a BLT today? No. Oh. Oh, no. He never goes. It's always peanut butter. He doesn't go that far. Okay. But he just he gives me a lot of great other stuff. <laughs> stuff that my wife wouldn't put in the lunch. <laughs> it's really good. Normally she's I'm like, guessing it's fattening stuff. I got you cottage cheese and some veggies. veggies. And he's like, <laughs> Twix. <laughs> How many Twix do you want, Dad? Ah, give me four for the road. I travel a lot. Anyway, crazy stuff. Well, let's go to the headlines, find out what Kathy's got going on. Well, Matt, make it Tom Brady won the NFL zero. A short time ago, a federal judge awarded a big win for Tom Brady. Judge Richard Berman said NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell went too far in punishing the New England quarterback four games for what they say was Brady's role in Deflategate. This means Brady will play in the season opener against Pittsburgh September 10th. The manhunt has intensified for the cop killers in Illinois. Authorities have broadened their search for two white men and one black man, but admit they have no idea whether or not the men are still in the area. Mel Glenowitz, the widow of the slain officer, spoke at a vigil last night. Joe was my best friend, my world, my hero, the love of my life for the last 26 and a half years. Over 100 officers will continue chasing tips, interviewing residents, and reviewing surveillance video. One woman who gave a false tip yesterday is in jail. 30-year-old Kristen Kiefer is charged with two counts of disorderly conduct and falsifying a police report. The claim wasted five hours of search time for dozens of officers. A Baltimore judge yesterday refused to dismiss charges against six police officers who are accused in the death of Freddie Gray. During the pretrial hearing, Circuit Court Judge Barry Williams denied a defense motion for the charges to be dropped. Gray died while in police custody back in April. President Obama secured the Iran nuclear agreement yesterday when retiring Democratic Senator Barbara Mikulski of Maryland said she'd vote for the accord. She became the crucial 34th vote in favor of the deal. Here's Secretary of State John Kerry. We started being bombarded by myths about what the agreement will and won't do. Judge for yourself the difference between where we were two years ago and where we are now and where we can be in the future. If the votes hold, it would be enough to uphold an Obama veto, but Republicans say the debate is far from over since polls show the majority of Americans are against the agreement. According to Politico, Donald Trump will reportedly sign a loyalty pledge to the GOP. If so, Trump will pledge to endorse the GOP nominee and not run as a third-party candidate. The pledge will also help Trump avoid trouble getting on primary ballots as a Republican. Trump is scheduled to meet with RNC Chairman Reince Priebus today in New York. A former staffer of Hillary Clinton who helped set up a private server email she used while Secretary of State says he'll take the fifth at an upcoming Benghazi hearing. Brian Pagliano set up the server in Clinton's New York home six years ago and has been ordered to appear in court next week. Meanwhile, the State Department is set to release more of Clinton's emails. They reportedly include 57 threads that contain foreign government information, making it automatically classified at the time it was sent. Clinton has said she never sent any emails that were classified at the time they were delivered. At a Miami Democratic fundraiser yesterday, Vice President Joe Biden complimented Democratic presidential candidate Bernie Sanders, saying he was doing a great job. Apparently that didn't go over too well with the crowd since about 90 percent of those in attendance were Hillary Clinton donors. And Matt, a French couple last week got a little intimate recently Ooh, in London and 
uh, cost them their lives. No way. The couple was paying a visit to a historic castle and thought it would be a good idea, I guess, to be intimate in a part of the castle that is four stories off the ground. Oh, no. The couple lost their balance and fell into the moat below, and police found their bodies the next day. They say um, the accident happened after something went terribly oh. wrong. So. Oh, come on! That is crazy. Sad, but kind of what? What are they doing? Well, you know what they're doing, but yeah, know, why are why they, are they doing, doing it? That's the question. Yeah, they. Hello? Have you been to London? No, I have not. Seen but those, I would love to. Well, there's castles everywhere, right? But they just there's not. I mean, there's not a ton of security. Like once you get mm-hmm. into these castles, you just, you just kind of go on your own, roam around. Uh-huh. But my word, yeah, I guess they found a, a quiet place where no one else. Well, was. apparently they found the roof. <laughs> Got to be close. Four stories high. Four stories. Very close, yeah. Oh my heavens! Yeah. And then they found him in a moat. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. I mean, there's there's a million there's a million things you can say, and none, they died. Ugh. They just thought they were going to see a castle. Unbelievable. And play Romeo and Juliet or something. What is I don't going know. on in this world? <laughs> Holy cow! That's a horrible way to die. I mean, it's just horrible. Not even going to say anything about it. Uh, Let's get to the next topic. Thank you, Kathy. We are going to be talking in the next few minutes with um, a a wonderful person who has written a book on borderline personality disorder. You know, we're hearing more and more stories in in the news about mental health issues. And there's one mental health uh, diagnosis that I wanted to talk more about because we don't bring it up much. But I I see it and hear about it a lot with my clients. It's called Borderline Personality Disorder. And uh, Randy Krager, the author of the book Stop Walking on Eggshells, she's going to be joining us in just a few minutes to give us some insight as to what is borderline personality disorder and hopefully, you know, give us some tools for dealing with people that have mental illness and mental health issues. There is hope, folks. Um, If you're in a situation like this, if you're being raised by somebody suffering from mental health. And I think uh, Randy brings a wonderful angle to that hope. Stick with us, folks. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. You know, there's so many different uh, psychological, mental health issues out there, but there's one that I wanted to focus on today that I think I think could help a lot of people. And um, because the hard part and the complicated part about some of our mental health issues and diagnoses is simply figuring out what's really going on. I mean, very simple things like depressed moods. Uh, reduced interest or no desire to have any pleasure or feel any pleasure at all, weight loss, insomnia, fatigue, a feeling of worthlessness, or, by the way, other signs, anxiety, um, uh, other things like uh, kind of a a bigger sense of self. Uh, um, There's all of these things that you could be seeing in someone you love, someone you care about, and we don't necessarily know what's going on. Sometimes 
though, we might be able to get a diagnosis um, of a mental health issue. And, and that could be very helpful in helping a family move forward and at least creating a plan and, a, and some structure to grow a healthy family with somebody that has a mental health issue. One of the issues I wanted to talk about today was borderline personality disorder. And we found a true blue expert on the subject. Her name is Randy Krager. And she uh, is the author of the book, Stop Walking on Eggshells. She's here to discuss with us the borderline personality disorder, which is a mental illness. And it's hard to detect, but it affects about 14 million Americans at some time in their life. Randy Kreger, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Well, thank you very much. Thank you for I, being what, what here. you call me a clear blue expert? A clear blue expert on the subject. I've never been called that before. Haven't you? Thank well, you. Well, and I think it's really powerful. I, I've seen your book change li- a lot of lives of my clients where they're suffering through this. And, and a lot of times in, in an issue like borderline personality disorder, a lot of times you as just a family member feel like you're the one going crazy dealing with some of these people. You feel like you're losing your mind. And so I, I thought it'd be so important that we talk about it. Teach us, Randy. Um, just introduce us to what is bipolar disorder. Well, let's. Oh, let's sorry, sorry, not bipolar. Uh, borderline personality disorder. Yes. Well, you know, as long as you said that, um, I wanted to say that they both have to do with moods, bipolar and borderline. Right. Actually, they are often misdiagnosed. People with borderline are often misdiagnosed as bipolar. Um, so. They both have to do with moods, but that's really about it. Sometimes they get confused. Well, what happened is is that I found out that my mother had borderline personality disorder, um, gosh, back in the 90s. And what had happened is when I grew up, she was just impossible to live with. She would be uh, see me in black and white, and she would rage at me and then act nice. So when I looked it up, I realized that... It was a diagnosis, and that there was almost no information about it out there in the public. This is before we ever had uh, yeah. the web. Like WebMD, like yeah, right. Way, way. I mean, people don't realize how much has changed in so long. So I would call this the old way of looking at borderline disorder. Patients would come into mental health clinics, and they would come in with really intense emotions and mood swings. But the... But when I say a mood swing, I mean like you could feel one way one minute and one way another minute. Yeah. So we're talking about really, really going up and down and up and down and up and down. And then there's harmful, impulsive behaviors that could include things like substance abuse, binge eating, out-of-control spending, risky sexual behavior, reckless driving. All these things are to really kind of distract about the pain, the pain of just not any particular reason, just not just depression, but intense emotional pain, feelings of self-worthlessness, feelings of shame, relationship problems, mm. low self-worth, but most of all, a frantic fear of being left alone or abandoned. Yeah. To such an extent that I've had people uh, not let their partners go grocery shopping. Yeah, no. If they feel abandoned. Exactly. Or if they're five minutes late for an appointment, they'll get angry, feel they've been dumped and leave. Mm. And it's and imagine, I mean, you. This is why I think you're a true blue expert, being raised in it, and and seeing it from a child's view. Um, what, what did that do to you? What when when you saw this happening with your mom and not knowing what it meant, but knowing something wasn't right? How did that impact you, Randy? Well, like I 
said, this is the old way of looking at it. And when I did all my research, I found out that there's kind of a new way. People with suicidal behavior and self-harm end up right in treatment, of course. Right. But people who don't end up in society, and I found out that that is a much larger, much, much, much larger population. As a matter of fact, when you mentioned the population of 14 million, we've actually done some research out in the community for the first time that shows that while we used to think it was 2% of the population, now we know that it's almost 6%. Mm. So what my mother did is there was no outer reason. It's it's almost like living with an alcoholic, except there's no no bottle. There's no visible reason Mm. for the roller coaster ride. And when I was a child, it was just, I mean, how did it affect me? You know, how does it feel when a mother says something like, you're to blame for all the problems in the family after a divorce? Um, how do you? How does it feel? You know, when you say you'll never have any friends. Then, <clears throat> excuse me. On the other hand, coming up to you and hugging you and saying, "Oh, you're such a good singer. You're such a good writer. You do this, you do that. That's really nice." And what happens is it kind of lifts you up on top of the cliff, and then you go down. Yeah. And then you're on top of the cliff, and then you're pushed. And eventually, I think what happens to everybody is that you just lose all sense of safety. You lose all sense of trust. And the most important thing is, as a child, you don't think this is the way that your parent is. You think this is the way the world is. Right. You can't differentiate between your parents and the world. So you go out and you have relationships in which people do the same thing. It feels familiar. And you end up in relationships that I would have called the cycle of abuse, if you know much about that. You yeah. know, things are great. Then they get kind of, uh-uh. Then there's a kind of a big blow-up and... So I, I think that the one thing that we really haven't focused on is prevention, and the way that we need to prevent this illness is to help is help the children, help, and often it's helping the fathers protect the children, and mm. that is really why I got into this. Because is because this tends to be um, more attributed and more diagnosed in females than males. Well, that's another old versus new thing. Yeah, we used to think that it was all in women, but. Big surprise, it turned out that women were the ones going to mental health clinics. Interesting, yeah, they were the only ones getting the help, maybe. Yes. So uh, when we went out into the community, we found that men had it just as much. The men act a little bit different. The men tend to have more substance abuse problems. The men tend to not share their feelings as much, but, gosh, how would I say this? They will have things like sexual addictions. Some of them, they'll feel really vulnerable, and they're, they're not at all what you might think of, oh, that's a man-man. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just really vulnerable. They need to be taken care of. They, they, they're, able to, uh, they're able to really get in touch with their emotions, frankly, like yeah. a lot of men aren't, which is good. But then the other partner feels very much like a caretaker. And the thing about partners is, of course, unlike a parent, you want your own needs met as well. Yeah, it's um, I, I've seen it with clients and I've one of the things and, and correct me because maybe this is old school, too, um, is that it almost seems like sometimes they can turn it on. So like they might be raging or mad at, and yelling at the family or whatever. And then the doorbell rings and they turn into a nice angel and then they go handle the door beautifully. Well, you know, it's for that reason that I have somebody around me at all times when I'm with my mother. Mm. Unfortunately, as soon as, for example, my husband is 
has been with me for so long that now she'll act out in front of her. The only way to make sure that my mother won't do it is to bring somebody else into the picture. So there's a couple reasons, and it's not, it sounds manipulative. Yeah. It's, it's really not. What happens is that because the, well, call it the new style way of, of being borderline, there's just still that fear of abandonment. Um, so, for example, my mother lives in a different state. The very night before I would leave for back home, she would find some reason to have a major raging fight. Mm, yeah. Um, I'm sorry, the question that you asked originally was how, well, how did it impact you? Well, but, okay, well, okay. I'm sorry. You, you said um, something about. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh no. Well, I guess I was saying about um, how they they can kind of. It seems manipulative because they can be really mean and then answer the door and be super nice, and then oh, when the door I'm closes, sorry. they're mean again. That's why I was going because she. I'm, I'm her daughter. When I leave, she has a lot of emotion in me. Yeah. And when I leave, it's certainly different than when, you know, yeah. a co-worker leaves. So what happens is that this happens with the most in- intimate people in your life. You know, your children, your parents, your husband. Um, and I'm sorry, we'll call that with the, with the new style. Yeah. We'll call that the people who I, I often call them high-functioning because they have jobs and they just look like everybody else. And you never know because at work, they're just great. Yeah. Um, but then when, when you get home, it's a totally different story. Because those are the relationships they, they want the most, they need the most. So they're almost willing to use any technique to keep these people close, you know, right? Right. Yeah. Right. But we have to be very, very clear. It's not that they're sitting there planning. Yeah, they're out. not maniac. Yeah, they're, they're not, not maniacal. As a matter of fact, people with BPD are very, very poor manipulators because they cannot put themselves, well, I'm saying they can't, but they have a very difficult time putting themselves in other people's shoes. Hmm. So because they can't put themselves in other people's shoes, they, they don't know how they're coming off. Yeah. And they don't know the damage that they do because they're so into their own emotion at the moment that they can't put themselves in other people's shoes. And there's even a therapy that just does something like that, mm-hmm. helps put people into other people's shoes. Yeah. No, I think, I think and it's, it's really it's, – I think it's powerful, especially for children. And so that's one of the reasons I wanted to do the show. We're going to take a break with uh, Randy Krager. We're talking about borderline personality disorder, and she is the author of the book, Stop Walking on Eggshells. One of the reasons this is important is if you – If you sense you kind of grew up with this type of crazy, frantic, difficult parent style um, where they're on, they're off, they're up, they're down, they're threatening to kill themselves, they're wanting you home, they're always wondering where you were, a lot of control. Um, I just want you to be able to be free from it and at least recognize it, learn about it, go study borderline personality, and let's learn more from Randy Krager. We'll be back, continue the discussion about borderline personality disorder. This is The Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back, friends, to The Matt Townsend Show. Today we're talking about uh, borderline personality disorder with Randy Krager, the author of the book Stop Walking on Eggshells, and uh, she's here to give us some insight into this uh, disorder. Folks, and again, we can't get into every function and issue and 
everything about the disorder. But in a nutshell, um, just one more time for us, Randy, will you just give us an overview about some of the major symptoms that uh, that make up borderline personality disorder? And then let's start talking about what we can do if we see these in our family members. Okay, well, uh, the first thing I wanted to mention is actually you've mentioned Stop Walking on Eggshells. I have another book that's much more recent called The Essential Family Guide to Borderline Personality. There you go. That's what we need. And well, and the reason why I mention it is because when I wrote the other one, I was very new to it. When I wrote the, the second one, I had a decade of experience. Yeah. So I just, I just hate. I just want to get that out there toward towards the right. Towards you bet. What I feel is the right word. Okay, so let's talk a little bit again what the definition is. Um, we have somebody who feels very empty. We have somebody who feels a lot of different anger, including violent temper tantrums. Um, one type hurts themselves, such as cutting or burning themselves, having suicidal thoughts. For the what we'll call the old style of borderline, one out of ten people kill themselves. Mm. So that is really horrible. Now, under great stress, they actually can kind of lose a sense of reality, and and they might think that somebody's trying to harm them when they're not, or they're, somebody's being jealous when they're not. Um, we mentioned how adult children feel. We haven't talked about how partners feel yeah. or parents feel. But uh, I'll just go on with a few more. Um, great impulsivity. Impulsivity, impulsivity, impulsivity. Yeah. And relationship problems. It, feels, it looks very different from the inside than it feels from the outside. Hmm. So as I'm really one of the first people to look at this from the external point of view, it, it really makes no sense. It makes no sense. It sounds crazy. It's chaotic. You don't get it, and you think something's wrong with you. Yeah, that, that's one of the biggest things I saw with my clients is they actually start because it's almost like the, the person with bipolar or borderline personality disorder keeps they'll, – they'll almost do anything to get whatever they want when they want it. And, it, and it, it ends up making you feel like you're losing your mind. Like, am I the one? Am I the one that the problem here? Because she just said I didn't. I didn't mean that, but she said I said that. And anyway, it's it's just it's almost frenetic. It's crazy. It's like this chaos around you. Well, let me let me just interject here. One way to make it more uh, understandable, yeah, easy way, and that is to understand that developmentally, people with BPD have not grown past the two to four year old stage. Mm. And so imagine you've got kind of an adult body and you've got the mind of a child. Yeah. For example, seeing people as all good or bad is like, is like the kid who says, Mom, I hate you, Mom, mm-hmm. I love you. And, the peop- and children just go with their emotions for the minute. That's kind of one thing we like about them is they just tell it like it is. And so do people with, with BPD. Um, I, I did want to mention, too, that we've seen actual brain differences in people with BPD. When we put them under an MRI machine and then we induce some kind of stress, we can actually see that the emotional parts of the brain go boom, 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 boom. And the prefrontal cortex, where the more rational part lies, just decides to go and, and take a coffee break. Huh. And so it's really important that we not blame them yeah, and right. understand. Because when we blame, we take it personally. Mm-hmm. And we have to not take it personally because it's not personal. And that is really the first step towards healing if you're a family member. That is a really – that's really great insight because you're not fighting and dealing with – an adult, you're dealing with a, a person that's battling their two to four year old mind, in and and that and then stress becomes additive to that. 
Talk about um, what we can do as a spouse. We only have a couple more minutes, but what, what can we do as a spouse, as a caregiver, if we see these signs? What could we do? Well, buy my book. <laughs> yeah. By the way, and the book, again, is The Essential Family Guide to Borderline Personality Disorder. Well, I think one of the things, well, I, there's a couple of different tracks. The first track is information. The next track is support. Um, there are free places online where you can go to get support. One of them is at my website. It's called Welcome to Oz. <laughs> and it's at my website on stopwalkingoneggshells.com or BPD Central, as in Borderline Personality Disorder. Basically what happens is people start understanding that it's not about them because they talk to thousands of other people who have the exact same thing. Right. The next thing to do is to start taking care of yourself, number one. Number one, number one, and one of the big things, how does I say, take a sip of water, is that because people with BPD don't like to be alone, they demand that you're there all the time. And now with technology, they can text you at any moment. Right. Where are you? Where are you? Where are you? And I've had people who, when they want to participate in a phone call or something, they have to go out and drive, uh, drive their car someplace, park someplace, and then ignore all the texts. Right. And... Uh, a lot of times they can't sleep at night because the spouse wants to argue. Um, and parents, parents have it almost worse because they're legally responsible for everything yeah. that the child does. And you just can't even imagine what people think of you as a parent when your kids act that way. Oh. It's just impossible. So number one is you have to stay, take care of yourself. It's that old adage that if you're in the airplane, you have to put the, the breathing mask on yourself before the child. And I, that's where it begins. You know what that and that's, I think, awesome advice for all of us, Randy. Um, again, everybody, information is what we need when you're dealing with uh, borderline personality disorder. Go to the website, bpdcentral.com, bpdcentral.com. And that's where you can get more information and start taking care of ourselves. If you're seeing those signs then get help. Go to a professional. Go to an expert. Go to BPD Central to find out uh, what else you can do to help this person uh, that you care about. We'll take a break, my friends. Come back. Talk to our good buddies over at BYU Sports Nation. Stick with us. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, we're going to go toss it down to our good buddies down there at BYU Sports Nation, Spencer and Jerem. Hello, gentlemen. What's up? Hello, Matthew. Did you hear my sports analogy? Toss it down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Call football today, baby. Well, I know. It's beginning. It's happening. And uh, we're going to be able to see our next uh, one of our opponents, Michigan, playing Utah today. How much are you rooting for Michigan, Matt? Well, um, I'm not. You're not? I live in Utah. So you are rooting for the home state team? Yes. Interesting. I was laughed at this morning when I brought up the notion that any BYU fan would ever root for Utah. Oh, my heavens. Come on. We're better than that. No, we're not. (laughs) 
<laughs> Jeremy's like, no, seriously, we are not. Why would you root for Utah? Because I know people the on the team. Enemy of all righteousness. <laughs> the spawn of darkness. I'm playing into the BYU uh, <laughs> mantra here. The um, and you know why? Because it's it's in Utah. It's on Utah blood. I mean, it's on Utah ground. That's no, why. it's in enemy territory. Not all ground is created equal. Well, I grew up near that ground, so that ground can't be enemy because I grew up there. Right? Are you with me? No, I'm not with you. <sighs> Jerem, Jerem. Go Michigan. Go Big Blue! <laughs> I hope Michigan wins 50 to nothing tonight. Listen, you? Utah's going to win that game tonight, but it, there'll be an afterthought because Jim Harbaugh and the khakis are the story. That, did you see his bus? The Harbaugh? No, well, <laughs> that that's classic. Yeah, yeah, Fox Sports 1. Made that, oh, is that what it is? That's funny. I believe Fox Sport, yeah. I, I heard this yesterday that it was on campus. Utah knew it was coming. FS1's made a huge deal about this. Yeah. Fox Sports 1. And uh, Kyle Winningham said, nope, get that off campus. Really? Get those. <laughs> the get, Utah head coach. Get Harbaugh's <laughs> huge khaki pants off. Yeah, it's a bus that has khaki and yeah. the blue. Um, oh, that's just, that's intense. <laughs> They're calling it the Harbus. The Harbus. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan football team were caught on camera on Temple Square yesterday as well. Are you serious? Well, everyone's got a... How cool. Everyone's got a camera. Yeah, everyone's <laughs> got a smartphone. Someone tweeted us, hey, Harbaugh and Temple Square. Hey, you know what? Not to, not to digress from Michigan f- football, do you know what today's day is? you know what we're celebrating? Um, don't even try. US Tom Brady. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, we could go there for heaven's sake. Freedom! <laughs> U.S. Bowling League Day. U.S. Bowling League Day. Mm-hmm. Bowling! Are, are you guys bowl? Are you guys bowlers? No, for fun. What's sure. that movie with Woody Harrelson in it? Yeah, Kingpin. Kingpin. <laughs> Whenever I think about like competition bowling, I think I think <laughs> about that. Yeah, no, but that's honestly, I'm. A, I don't want to brag, but I can bowl. What's the highest you've ever bowled? Two ninety nine. Stop it. Okay. Uh, one sixty. Okay, one sixty is nice. respectable. But I pulled my hammies. You pulled your hammies bowling a one sixty. Yeah. How did you manage that? Don't ask. <laughs> okay. I... Hurt like a mother. <laughs> Strike it from the record. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to get that leg kick. You know that leg kick the bowlers have. <laughs> but I didn't. I don't have enough rhythm or timing, or I don't even know why they do the kick. But I was kicking and I pulled my hammies. Well, I hope you're story. feeling better now. It happened. It was. Know? It was back when I was in competition. You know, back in Athlete the problems. In competition. Oh, yeah. Bad day. Bad day. Hey, um, anything else going on in your show? You're going to do the show today, right? Absolutely we are. It's and college football day, baby. It's getting close. It's getting closer. I was just walking down, saw a lot of the BYU uh, football players. You know, they're getting psyched. They're getting pumped. A lot of them are wearing braces on their body. They're trying to stay healthy. That's it. I mean, seriously, everyone, everyone that I walked by down there had a brace on. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes Spencer will wear a neck brace just to make sure. Like, <laughs> or, or the cone of shame. Yeah. I've seen Spencer you know. with a cone of shame. That's embarrassing. Yeah. It's so he doesn't lick his wounds. Jeremy wanted to put the cone of shame on me this morning when I said that there would be BYU fans that would be rooting for Utah. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. That's right. BYU fans should root for Utah. We should be above that. Said no one ever. Said Dr. M right there. We should be above that. We're not to the millennium yet. We're not all one. We got some divisions still. <laughs> Let us be divided. Yes. Okay. We don't, we're not under one banner. Not yet. But someday. Hey, we Matt, sh- let's get yeah, your wait, let's, let's wait get until you- then. <laughs> okay. 
I'm going to put Jeremy in the cone of shame. Okay. <laughs> let's do it. The do cone it, of shame. <laughs> let's, let's get your opinion on this. Kevin is a girl. <laughs> Two ESPN college football analysts yeah. have picked BYU over Nebraska. Okay. Yeah. Trevor Maddich, who we know is a BYU guy. He played here. He was on the national championship team. Okay. He, you could call it a homer pick. Homer. Fine. But Kirk Herbstreet mm. also picked BYU over Nebraska. Wow. It was called a big upset. Is it a big upset if mm. BYU wins at Nebraska on Saturday? No. Why? Because we should win. Period. Seven-point underdog BYU. I know. We're better. They, they're underestimating. We're better than that. Okay. Well, that is the conversation today. Don't you think? I mean, we're better than that. Should it be considered an upset? How much of an upset do you consider it if BYU wins in Lincoln on Saturday? It's a seven on the upset unit scale. It's a seven, but it's <laughs> a big upset would be a ten. I think we should. I, I think they're underestimating. That's We've, the hope, right? Right. Underestimate Ta- I mean, BYU all day long. Taysom's, I, don't, I don't think Taysom's Nebraska fans are. We've heard multiple people tell us they're nervous, oh, anxious are they? about the game. So Good. it's not. It's it's not like they're saying Nebraska fans are saying, "Yeah, we're going to roll BYU." Yeah, right. No, there's not a ton. It seems like. Hmm that feel that way based on our conversations of people that cover Nebraska. This, is, this has got to be so fun for you guys. You're, fine, you're getting closer. We're you're, here. You're only a few more days away. Well, look, the BYU's games in two days, yeah. that's wonderful, right? There's, there are games. Like the, the college football fan has a place to express themselves. Now, Michigan-Utah tonight, TCU-Minnesota, mm-hmm. North Carolina-South Carolina. Tomorrow night, Boise State, who BYU plays, oh, I don't know, next week, yeah. plays Washington tomorrow night. Huh? We talk... Nebraska forever. I know. Boise State's here next week. You can watch it. See it. It's going to be great. You guys, that's great. I envy you. Plus, really? you, you get to go to these games sometimes. Spencer yes. does. Yep. That's cool. Jerem, don't be bitter. No, I'm not bitter. I just know my place in the universe. I you know what? Supreme you show. could probably get here. a ticket to the Utah-Michigan game if you're interested. I'm not. I'd rather okay. sit at home and watch. All right, just letting you know. Listen, Jeremy's been at his fair share of awesome road games. I don't want to be with all those Utah games. fans. I know. He's been at his fair share of awesome road games. I know. I've More so than me, to be quite honest. You guys. I don't get to go to any of them. I just sit home and mow my lawn. Why would you mow your lawn during a game? Well, I don't know. I don't want to go there. <laughs> got The honey-do list, man. I totally really, do. You got to do it. I got to let you guys go. You got to go. Okay. You, you got to go. Go do your game faces on. Uh, yeah, do your other show. Yeah, and paint that letter. You, somebody make sure you spell that that those words on your chest. I know you guys are doing that today. Make sure it's spelled right. Okay. Okay. Thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have a great show. I love it when they paint their chests. I think that's so cool. That's sad. Totally sad. Hey, great uh, story. We're going to wrap up with today. Now, um, imagine. You're just you use a portable potty, okay? So you're in the park, no big deal. You're at on the grounds of an English festival. Just going to the bathroom, and all of a sudden, you come out of the bathroom. Listen to this report from the BBC. I think she was suffering from a bit of shock, or she thought she had been teleported when she exited. In an entirely new location. She entered the porta potty in one location. She exited in another location because apparently a forklift had moved the porta potty while she was using it. What the? This is the sound effect. 
of the forklift picking up a porta potty. Apparently, is that what you're doing? Is that what that is? I did, think it sounds accurate. Did you go get porta potty moving sound? Well, yeah, the Honey Bucket Company, like they yeah. have sound effects for that. Do they really? Yeah. Wow. Um, picked it up, started moving it. The lady comes out. Holy cow! She's in a completely different location. She was like at a at a NASCAR rally. She started she started at an English festival, ended up at a NASCAR rally, in the magical porta potty move. How on earth could somebody not know that you're being moved when you're in a porta potty and you hear that watery sound f- splashing all over? You don't need to answer that, Ben. <laughs> I'm afraid what you'll say. Now, what were you going to say, Ben? Well, sometimes I fall asleep on the toilet, so. No, do you really? Have you... I, get, I get pretty close. Like, I'm in a daze. Have you ever had your feet go to sleep, your legs go to sleep? Cause... Not, not while I'm going to the bathroom. I haven't either. Okay. <laughs> Just checking. Um, but I hear it's common. Um, anyway, so watch out for that, folks. When you go into a porta potty maybe make sure that there's not a forklift around. Stuff like that. It's basic porta potty focus. We always like to end the show on a hero story. And, you know, lately we've had a lot of police heroes. Here's another one. Maryland police officer Che Atkinson. Is that really Che Atkinson? Isn't that a country western singer? Uh, at 8 a.m. Wednesday morning, Corporal Che Atkinson of the Prince George County Police Department in Maryland walked into the station to find a woman there holding her child and bags at her feet. The officer approached her and asked her about her situation. The woman told the officer Atkinson that she was a victim of domestic violence and had recently become homeless. She told him that she had gone to the police station because she had no other place to go. Atkinson listened to the woman and then decided to help her find a relative she could call to come and get her. After making the call, Atkinson left. But Thursday morning, Atkinson returned to find the woman still at the station. When he asked her what had happened, the woman told him that her relative could not come and get her until Friday. So she and her child had spent the night there. Atkinson felt unsettled about the situation, so using his own money and the car, he drove the woman down to a hotel to stay for the night. He also bought food for her and her child. Atkinson told the news uh, that the officers do stuff like this all the time for people. I had the extra money, he said. What would it hurt just to put them up for a night to make sure they're safe? We, with this mother and daughter, uh, now taken care of well into the future, Um, The department reported saying Atkinson also wishes both of them well. Officer Atkinson was was grateful for the opportunity to help and serve somebody that was truly in need. Again, folks, heroes, cops, they get a bad rap a lot of times, and uh, yet they're on the front line. And they don't make, you know, so much money that they can just do stuff like this all the time. But we've seen it story after story. Even though there might be a bad, uh, you know, a bad egg once in a while that's a police officer, in the end, most of them are pretty seriously amazing. Like Officer Che Atkinson, Townsend's Hero of the Day. That's the show, my friends. Again, thanks for joining us. We want to help you find the good in the world. That's our goal. And uh, we also want to see if we can't make you be the best you can be by giving you the tools, the insights you need. Thanks for joining us. We are uh, back again tomorrow. More ideas, more tools to help you find the good in the world. Until tomorrow. Make it a great one. We'll talk then.